0: This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, a doubleheader, Oceans 8 and Hereditary. Let's rob some ghosts.
1: With Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron and Abe is on his way. He's running late. Out now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We cover some various movie topics. Jump into a mostly spoiler-free review. Then jump back into other fun movie topics. This is episode 326-326. And we have a double feature this week. We are uh, we, we we were gonna just talk about Oceans 8, but then um I realized Hereditary is getting like a wide release this week and I think there's a lot to talk about it with, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about both Oceans 8 and Hereditary. Um, It's a packed episode. we got a lot going on. So joining Abe and I eventually to discuss these things, we have, from Movies Marcus, wearing a tux designed by some of the best in Silicon Valley, it's Marcus Robinson.
2: Hey, I'm here for Rihanna.
1: (laughs) Also joining us from Why So Blue, proof that even a giant can have the pants scared off him, it's Brian Anderson. (laughs) Hey, how's it going? How, How are the two of you doing tonight? Great. Quite well. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Glad to have you both back here, of course. Marcus, always glad to have you on. I'm sure you're you're furiously praising the fact that Solo's not doing too well at the box office, so it helps your Deadpool 2 choice in the gamble.
2: I I can say that I knew this was going to happen the entire time.
1: (laughs) Right. Um... (laughs) <laughs> and uh and braun good to have you back it's a thank I you would have liked to have you back sooner but you know things work out well, we got you back on here so here we are we got,
3: yeah hey. i mean glad to be here
1: everything's coming up millhouse so let's do this thing <laughs> um speaking of the summer gamble just to get some uh, show notes real quick that is in full force we have movies coming out every week that seem to have some kind of uh, impact on our current contest, which is of course where myself, Abe, and many others that are frequent guests on the podcast, including Marcus, all picked what we think are going to be the highest grossing films of the summer, um, and yeah, we have another uh, another weekend with another uh, set of uh, new movies that have come out to uh, give you some idea of where things are. Headed Ocean's 8 open to $41 million this weekend, which is pretty impressive, and um, I know most of us, if not all of us, have it somewhere in the latter half of the top ten. I think Abe actually has it very high, like his number six or something like that. Um, but yeah, that's that's where we're uh, that's where we're looking at. And uh, what else? Um, I don't think any of us had any of these as dark horses when it came. Actually, Hereditary I think was somebody's, maybe a couple people's dark yeah. horses. Yeah,
2: that was mine. It
1: was one of yours? Okay and uh yeah yeah open to third open 13 million uh, which is i mean for an A24 release opening on yes. a lot of screens pretty good for A24 for sure that's yeah. i think that's their highest like opening weekend film they they don't have too many uh, too many that go um like wide right away i think the last i know like the witch was one of them that they had like go like super wide um mm-hmm. x Machina eventually went wide but yeah so <laughs> it, it, if Despite the D Cinema score that it currently has, which we'll certainly get to in the review, uh, you know things are looking good as far as the box office for what I would imagine is a probably a fairly inexpensive movie. Um, that's why it was at Sundance to begin with. Uh, but yeah. Uh, that's, that's box office stuff for now. We can get back to that later if we want to or not, but regardless, Summer Gamble is in full effect. What else? Uh, new commentary track. Every month we do a commentary track on this podcast because you, the fans, like listening to our commentary tracks. You like our ramblings. And let's see, this month we have, as I think I mentioned already, uh, it's Jurassic June. So we're going to do Jurassic Park. Um, we'll be recording that this week. That should be a lot of fun. I look forward to getting on and talking about that movie with all the guys. Uh, the, yeah, we'll do that. And what else? Last thing we do here, or last thing for last thing for show notes, uh, iTunes reviews ratings. Good to get those. Helps out the show. Helps other people find the show. If you want to log into iTunes, search for Out Now There in and Abe, you've done half the work already. Then you click on our <laughs> podcast and you say, hey, that's the podcast I clicked on. And you say, hey, I'm going to do a little uh, star rating, which would be great. You can give us you know, a few stars, possibly five if we got that high. If you didn't, you can be honest. You don't have to give us five stars, but five stars would be appreciated. And you can also type a written review. That'd be also pretty awesome. So thank you in advance for that and yeah all right let's um let's move on now we are still waiting for abe unlike last time when i teased abe for a long time and it turned out that he was just sick and he couldn't make it to the podcast this time i do know that he's on his way so i'm not teasing you guys this time he is going to be here i guarantee it i do
2: wait you teased you teased him and
1: he was sick i didn't tease him specifically no two weeks ago when we did our solo review I was not getting any response from Abe, and I just figured he was sleeping. In fact, he was actually very <laughs> ill, <laughs> and so he wasn't able to make it onto that show, but we did do an Now Nights episode, Nights, which is currently on iTunes as well, where he was able to talk about his thoughts on Solo. Uh, this week, I do know that he's running late. He texted me in advance that he's running late, so I just know that he's on his way. So fret not, Abe will be here. I was gonna to try to rhyme that. I couldn't think of one, so we'll just move past it. Um, let's get to, let's get to know everybody. We each week, each other, we each week we ask each other a question or two, try to set the tone for the podcast. To better get to know Hello, everybody.
2: everybody. I'm thank,
1: on it. Thank you, thank it. you, Marcus. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you guys. Are there any weird or annoying sounds that you make regularly?
2: <laughs> oh, uh you might have to ask my wife but, uh... <laughs> just
1: curious if you have like a, a habit where you make some kind of like clicking noise as in like hereditary as that's, that's where i kind of
2: oh
3: i see i see i see uh no, no not really <laughs> i'm very quiet
2: <laughs> that's an odd question
3: i i know it's an odd question
2: <laughs> um not not really. I don't think
1: so. I can certainly, I can click. I can do that. I just don't do it like on a, on a, ba- on like a regular basis. That said, after seeing this movie, I definitely am going to. I should do that more in a yeah. quiet, in quiet theaters, all right? Night. Like right before Incredibles two starts this weekend. Just start doing it. It's a good idea. Yeah. Get everyone ready. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well uh normally a will be here to ask another question we'll see if he has one by the time he gets on this podcast but for now let's get to our poll question we each week we have a we do kind of a, a fun poll where i put two movies against each other and you choose one um to you know save it and the other if you you know goes away completely um not just like oh this one didn't win the poll but it gets erased from existence um completely the, the uh, the uh, The idea here is to kind of put this movie deathmatch together where not only are you saving a movie, but you've, just, you've completely wiped out the other from history. So everything changes as far as directors' paths, the actors involved, what have you, uh, just to make it all the more difficult. And so this week, because we're doing a double episode, I decided to put two completely different movies against each other as opposed to having a theme. And so I put Ocean's Eleven versus Poltergeist on there. Um, so before we get to what the results are, if you guys had to choose between the two, Ocean's Eleven, the 2001 version, versus Poltergeist, wh- wh-
2: which one would you pick? To get rid of? To Either way. To get rid of? Uh, I would keep Poltergeist. You gotta keep
4: Poltergeist.
3: I would also keep Poltergeist.
2: I'm not a huge Ocean's Eleven fan.
4: Okay.
3: I think Ocean's is great. It, Poltergeist is like a game changer, and... Is, I can, like if you're going with that criteria that you mentioned before. Like I can't imagine the trajectory of like horror movies, sort of horror adjacent movies, without Poltergeist.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: It I would, would really that. change the land, the land or the landscape.
2: That's a good answer. Yeah, I'm
1: I'm trying to think of what would change if Ocean's Eleven didn't exist. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. I mean, it would. It wouldn't give Soderbergh the opportunity to do certain things, I'd imagine, because he doesn't have, like, these pulpy, fun things to fall back on. He can't just, like, be like, hey, WB, I want to make The Good German. (laughs) Um, Can you give me $40 million to make a black-and-white film noir that no one's going to (laughs) see? Yeah. so, so I get that, like that, but yeah, versus Poltergeist, though, you're, I think you're exactly right, ron I think the, the impact that that movie had on how horror movies are made, the kind of tone they can take, uh, so many movies that are influenced by it specifically, I, I think that, that probably has more of a lasting impact than right. Clooney and pals, you know, being cool <laughs> for two hours <laughs> a couple times in a row. yeah. All right. Well, the uh, the list, this is as close as a close poll, which I was impressed with because that meant I did a good job putting two movies together. <laughs> but um, uh, the results uh, 48% to save Ocean's Eleven, 52% to save Poltergeist. Wow. So Poltergeist won this. It squeaked by. Barely. A couple votes separated yeah. this. So, yeah. Uh, certainly That's... a lot of fans were both movies, but Poltergeist uh, managed to, to win. Um, I really should – like, I, after I said it the week a, a couple weeks ago, I said that we should keep track of this just so for the continuity of this podcast, we can act like some of these movies don't exist anymore because that'd be interesting.
4: Mm,
1: <laughs> um, I should really start doing this. So I might. I might actually start making a list this <laughs> of movies that supposedly do not exist anymore just so I can have – I have to be on my toes when I reference certain things.
3: Well, um, so would that start, like – like if Oceans Eleven gets limited, we can't then talk about it in the context of Oceans eight this episode, or would it be see, after? If, again, like I
1: I said I said this this If this was a better podcast, we a totally podcast we would
4: totally <laughs> <this>.
1: <laughs> That's why we need those little reviews, guys. We need to pump up our self-esteem as far as the value of this podcast, and then we can really make it happen. Wow. Uh, Alright, let me, um, I think Abe is like helicoptering in right now, so let me see if I can get him on Onto this call.
4: Hey guys, it's me on the helicopter!
1: I can't believe that worked so well. Like, I, that could not have worked better than me saying that and you point, jumping in right at the time. So.
0: I don't know if you can hear the helicopter flying away. But...
1: As we all know, helicopters make continuing <laughs> reverbial noises as it's going away after you've exited it. That's that's how it's, that works.
0: Uh, you know. Those residual effects. How are you guys? I'm sorry that I'm late. There we're, was some traffic. We're
1: doing we're doing perfectly well, eh? Because I'm right, You're just in time for me to say, and that's how you play. Know N- everybody.
2: everybody. <laughs> <laughs> just do I the hel- do the helicopter sound again.
0: What what the listeners don't know is Aaron and I actually planned all of this out. We didn't. <laughs> <laughs> For me to be an hour late. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's all right. We barely got started. <laughs> so, perfect,
0: perfect. All right. Uh,
1: I-, I will say right now, just to recap for you, even though you'll hear this when you edit the podcast later, so there's really no point in me repeating it, <laughs> but we have established that re- I should really take a list of the movies that we eliminate in our poll so we can be on our toes more to keep continuity on this podcast as far as what movies we don't presume exist anymore. <laughs> that that would be more fun. And we've done three 300- hundred over 300 episodes. We might as well challenge ourselves once in a while, I guess, <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> We're still waiting for the uh, the very special listener who's who's really been paid taking a ton of copious notes.
1: Yeah, the out now wiki needs to happen, I'm really sure about
0: that. <laughs> nice. That's gonna happen in year like eight and a half, nine. Yeah, out
1: now a That's what we need. That's yeah, what we need yeah,
0: exactly. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. name a pedia. Anyhow, I'm gonna help you.
1: Well, you're perfectly on time because we're gonna get to some out now quickies. Yep. Each week, out now we move to the to talk about those wicking so Yep.
0: Pretty good. it's good. I, I'll appreciate that. I enjoyed that. I
1: felt good. <laughs> it's been a, it's been a, it's been like a couple weeks because we were we did a couple it. weeks. Yeah. All right. But we're hey, back. Yeah. Well, you're here now. Let's let's get you talking. Have you seen any other movies this week?
0: I watched The Guest. It's uh, oh because yeah. I started watching the collection last week, right? So I was like, well, you know, people have been talking about this guest. I kind of am <laughs> curious about what it is all about. What kind of guest and- is he? <laughs> what's that what kind of guest is he yeah exactly he's actually a very good guest um except for the parts where he has to do some stuff to the parents um but the thing is uh, what what's i remember you mentioning that it wasn't so much like a scary movie per se yeah it's kind of just more like a thriller-ish kind of movie Uh, yeah it is i mean it's 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 well shot it's well done i mean uh the lead actors uh dan stevens the beast the uh, beast the beast, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Dan Stevens, yeah, I yes. his name. Legion, uh, yeah, Legion <laughs> himself. Uh, <laughs> he's he's very good in it as like this um, discharged military guy um, who who apparently knows the uh, the son of um, a family, um, and unfortunately that son was killed in action. So he's kind of come to give some kind words to the family and and check to see if they're okay. In doing so, he's helping, like, the youngest son overcome some bullies. He kind of coaches, like, the mom and, and the dad on, like, how to become, like, kind of better people-ish. Uh, but also, there's, there's like, oh, <laughs> some, some strangeness going on. And when that strangeness happens, I liked it, and I liked kind of how it goes. Um, but the thing that I was curious about was, like, well, I kind of would have liked to have known what, the, what he was working on in the military, you know, that, that aspect of it which makes him so good at, at what he's uh, at his as job there. But with all that though, the, the part that I really enjoyed the most was I, I didn't know that the um the, the star of it follows uh Jen Ma,
1: Micah. Micah Monroe.
0: Micah Monroe, yeah. She was in the guest. I was like, oh that's great. You know, she's done these independent horror movies. Um but I really enjoy that fun house at the end. Like, yeah. just not 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 like in terms of like you know what happens but just the idea that like this school has enough time and budget to make like a maze haunted house in their gym um and there's like the part where where uh michael monroe gets scared like the second time that they're walking through the maze, and she's just frustrated and i was like i hope that that was like an honest frustration take like they didn't tell her when they were going to pound on the doors and they just did it and she was actually really frustrated that they did but uh, with all that, though, the guess is it's actually like it's it's an interesting romp. I'm sure you guys have all seen it. But, you know, check it out if you have time. You've
1: Between that and The Collector, you've watched like the two movies to prepare you perfectly for seeing Upgrade.
0: Yeah, okay. Like that'll <laughs> When
1: you see it, that's like an interesting conclusion to your trilogy, because you seem like a gory cat and mouse he's, he's, movie. The
0: amalgamation it, of like, both
1: of those characters? No, but it's like just the tones of those movies and how efficient they are with their run times and everything. Like, Upgrade fits just right in that slot. That's like a, a solid B movie that doesn't aspire to too much, but looks really good just because of the work done with low budget by solid directors. Yeah,
0: okay. Duly noted. <laughs> anyway, that's all. that's what I've been
3: watching.
1: All right. Uh, Braun, how about you? What have you seen recently? Uh,
3: well, they've been doing that uh, Miyazaki thing in theaters. I saw Porco Rosso maybe a couple weeks ago, cool. which I love. Always have always loved Porco Rosso. It was great. Um, it was pedaled, which just made it even better. Um, and then I saw The Incredibles again recently to get ready for Incredibles 2. Nice. That I,
0: that. I watched that again like a few weeks ago. Still solid.
3: Yeah, it's still a good movie. I, I, was, I wasn't was impressed. Like I knew that it was a good movie. But I was kind of impressed. One with like my re- my recollection of the, of the film, and then being surprised a couple times of like, oh right, there's some really funny stuff. Like there's some really good family moments, and then this, the strength of Elastigirl, like as a st- female character, is great. Yeah. It's she's just holds everything together. And it's I
0: always get goosebumps still, and I, I kind of get like misty eyed uh, in during the jet sequence. It's yeah, like, oh, man, like this is excellent work, Brad Bird.
4: Yeah
3: it's a, yeah it's a great movie
1: i'll just say this right now having seen incredibles 2 the how dare you the way they, use, they <laughs> the way they continue to find creative uses of her powers is very impressive um, awesome along with the powers in general but there, there's certainly a lot yeah. to praise as far as hey they can do these things let's see them do these things there, there's a lot of that. <laughs> there's a lot of that going on I'll in this movie that
0: you. yeah
1: uh marcus <laughs> how about you what, what do you see recently
2: uh, well, I saw the Warriors win game four. Yes. <laughs> um, nice. <Good> call.
4: <laughs> Go sports yeah. teams. <laughs>
2: Go sports. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, I saw a, uh, a kid like Jake. It was an okay. iTunes. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if you guys have talked about it, but
0: no, we haven't. Nope. That's the one, with, uh, the guy from the Big Bang Theory. Jim right? Parsons. Yeah, Jim Parsons
2: and-, and Claire Danes. Uh, they played, uh, affluent parents in Brooklyn who are going to enroll their four-year-old Jake into private school. And Jake wears dresses and uh, like Cinderella and so on and so forth. Uh, I really kind of wanted to fall in love with this movie, but it kind of unfortunately played out like a after-school special where the message was there, but it was kind of con- as conventional as a movie like I've never seen a movie like this, but as conventional storytelling as a movie like this could be, mm-hmm. the big problem in this movie, while there are some good conversations uh, in this movie, the big problem with this movie is Jake's barely in it. Hmm. Uh,
4: it's
2: a lot of um, it's a lot of Claire Danes and Jim Parsons arguing back and forth, which is some of the stuff. Some of the conversations are, are, are really powerful. Some of them are kind of throwaway. Some of them we've heard before. Um, a lot of Jake's uh, conflicts, uh, we see the aftermath of the conflict. Um, well, anyways, there, there was a there was a interview that I heard with uh, either Claire Danes or Jim Parsons where they said that the, the boy who plays Jake actually this is he wears dresses and and he uh, likes Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty and a vice news on him or a documentary on him rather than mm-hmm. this kind of movie that didn't really have him in it. He, he's, he's barely in this movie. He's all in probably all of 10 minutes of the movie.
0: So is it kind of more like the adult drama of what is or isn't acceptable kind of thing?
2: Yeah. And it does talk about that, but I, I, you know what I, I'd want, I wanted to see a conflict and we, we do hear about the conflicts that Jake goes through. Uh, it, it, there's like three or four of them throughout the, the, the movie. And, and, and they're all pretty heartbreaking, but we get the back half. We get the call from the school counselor saying the parent to come over there, and then they're talking to the counselor, or we see uh, Jake running out of the room, and then we have a conversation about what happened, stuff like that. I, we don't actually see any of these conflicts, which I think they missed a good opportunity there to it's, show. It's based off a of play, if I'm not mistaken. It's right? based off a of play. Yes. Okay. Yes. This is what what are, what, what I had what I had read on so um, is it a rental you'd
0: say or this like it, a tv I think, movie
2: I think okay I think it's a rental I think it's an interesting okay so it's an interesting conversation starter but it's not much more than that so if if this is something new or this is something you you really are interested in seeing you'll find things to like in it um or something you're interested uh, like uh you're on the fence about you'll find something to like about it there's an interesting conversations to be had but it's not going to blow your mind the way you think it's going to when you hear the premise of the story
1: i can understand and not to kind of judge movies based off plays but i can understand that if it's a if it's a movie where it's about the situation as opposed to showing you the situation that makes sense to me as far as it being kind of coming from the stage i can see you know that being the way it plays out um not not having said it of course
2: I can see that too, and, and and I can see what where, I can see it, it basically was just transferred over. It looked like, uh-huh. um,
1: and that tends to be my issue with certain yeah. movies that are based off plays. If they're done well, they're done well, but if they're not, they tend to feel stagey to me, and it gets to me. It's, it doesn't get mm-hmm. to everybody in the same way, but I, for me, I I, had, I tend to have a problem when something feels especially kind of exactly like a a, pre, a, th- a theatrical production made into movie. Right, mm. right, right. right. Mm. Like it doesn't cool. you know, if they don't add a scene of 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 Alec Baldwin, you know, talking about uh, how copies for
0: closers, then I, you know, I don't know what to do with a play. While while movie. he's like, <laughs> awesomely like pulling things out from underneath the screen, it's it's a really good
1: sequence. Basically, what I'm saying is every play turned movie should be have scenes from Glengarry Glenn Ross in them. That's, that's, that's a good idea. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> what, that's what this That's what this was
2: missing. Yeah, if like
1: yeah. if, if <laughs> at some point during an argument between Claire Danes and Jim Parsons, Alec Baldwin yes. knocks at the door and's holding g- brass balls in brass his hand balls, and starts yeah. talking about the arts of closing a deal. <laughs>
0: We're the leads. We're
4: the new leads.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Second place is you're fired. <laughs> <That's Yeah. fine. laughs>
0: Wait, what? First place was steak knives? Or the you got to keep your <laughs> job? Yeah.
1: yeah oh, it was yeah. like a yeah, right. steak knives. <laughs> yeah. All right. I got a few things that I've seen. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, first up is one of the other main releases of the week. Uh, Heart <laughs> Hotel Artemis. Um, This is a new film from Drew Pierce, who is the co-writer on Iron Man 3, as well as one of the writers on uh, Rogue Nation. Uh, This is his directorial debut. It has Jodie Foster, um, a bunch of people, Dave Bautista, Sterling K. Brown, uh, Sophia Batella, Charlie Day. It is a movie about a hospital uh, for criminals, a secret hospital for criminals. It's set in 2028 uh, Los Angeles. Uh, I like this movie. Um, I like the movie in ways I did not expect. From the trailers, it gave me this kind of like John Wick vibe, as far as like, hey, it's a secret place for gangsters to meet right. up, but they accept it's a hospital. Um, but I mean, th- there's elements of that there still, obviously, just because of the basic premise alone. But it's really, it's not like an action movie. I was expecting more of like, it's all these, you know, it's like something like Smoking Aces or Free Fire. You know what I mean? Where it's like you have a bunch of like criminals and hitmen that are all kind of in a one location and they'll eventually get into like a giant shootout or something with each other. And that's not what the movie is. It's very much a character movie, it it has all these big characters uh, that just basically spend a good majority of the movie talking to each other and giving their perspectives on life when talking about the kind of the, the things that they're involved in or whatnot. And Jodie Foster is great in this. That shouldn't be surprising. She's Jodie Foster. She's a two time <laughs> Academy Award winner. <laughs> but, sure, but, but she's
0: just kind of been doing like you haven't really been seeing her in too many things. Yeah, it's her first then, it's her first uh,
1: movie role since Elysium back in 2013. Uh, and
0: Elysium wasn't great. She no, didn't and, have she, great... and she's bad in it.
1: Like that's that's the thing too. It's not that Elysium's not you know good. It it's you know it's whatever, but that she's also really bad in the movie. Which so it's like she's
0: terrible. Yeah, yeah. With, with that accent.
1: Yeah. So this is like she's really going for it here. Like this feels like she really like I can, you can see why too because it's so it's not really an like I said it's not an action movie. It's just like a it's like this fun character drama um where it's it's entertaining to be in this world with these people it's one location mainly but like you meet them and they're like it's neat to see them interact with each other there's some cool dialogue here there's some nice ideas present and yeah Jodie Foster among others she gets a real character to play and it's good, like it's a good time at the movies. It's you know it's silly inherently just because it's a secret hospital for gangsters in L.A. But yeah. what it for what it's doing, um, it's you know it's a it's a perfect movie for Movie Pass. I'll say that. Yes. Yeah. My nice. o-
0: my only question is, uh, remember how we talked about the trailer like a couple of weeks ago, and we were like, it looks kind of dark and and difficult to see. Is that the case? I wouldn't say so. I wouldn't say it's. It's it's
1: it's a grungy movie as far as the kind of look, but it's it's shot like honestly it's shot like a Korean thriller, uh, which makes sense because it has the cinematographer that works <laughs> on a lot of um, what's his name, the director of Old Boy, Bong. Um, um, no, not Bong Joon Ho. Uh, yeah. Not Bong Joon Ho. It's the other. Oh God. Uh, one second. Park uh, Chan- Chan-wook Park. Oh, um, it's his it's his cinematographer and that this movie has more in common with like korean dramas and korean noir movies that have been popular in the recent years than it does like standard you know american dramas but and it shows i mean that's why i can assume that's why he got his cinematographer it has that kind of look to it where it's not like especially colorful but the atmosphere is it's done well and even like the style of the hotel even though it's set in like the near future it has this kind of retro look to it it's like an old building like that's like it's more like like Blade Runner future if anything where like there's a lot of old looking buildings in a futuristic world not that I'm saying yeah. it's you know on par with Blade Runner as far as it looks but that's kind of the vibe it seems to be going for among other things I was just impressed I was surprised that it I was surprised of what it was versus what I thought it was going to be and it helps that it's you know good so hotel <laughs> artists okay. not bad Okay. Right. <laughs> um, what else uh I'll try to move through some of these quicker um Hearts Beat Loud um, this is a film that hit Sundance. It was a big audience favorite. It stars, uh, Nick Offerman and Kirstie Clemens as a father-daughter, uh, duo. Um, the daughter, Kirstie Clemens, she's going off to college in the fall. The movie takes place during summer. Nick Offerman's character runs a record store, and the two of them have jam sessions at night. Uh, they record, like, a single, and the movie's about them kind of forming a band for the summer and seeing where that goes, and... Getting into drama and some comedies, who's here or there. It's well acted. It's a nice father-daughter movie. Uh, nothing, like, you know, super special, but it's very enjoyable. So,
4: mm,
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: I'm going to check that out later. Yeah. Um, what else? I saw a movie called Damsel. Uh, this one's coming out in a few weeks, I believe. It stars Robert Pattinson and Mia Sakowska. Oh, that one looks great. Uh, it's like this
0: Western one. It is
1: a Western, and... Yeah. I can't say too much about it, because it takes some turns that you will not expect. (laughs) Uh, But it's from the directors David and Nathan Zellner. They are brothers who are also in the movie. Um, They previously directed this movie called Kamiko the Treasure Hunter, which had uh, Riku Kikuchi as...
0: Yeah, she's like finding... Like old tapes and putting together a treasure map or something. Yeah, like that. yeah she
1: tries to find that. She f- tries to find. She thinks the movie Fargo was a documentary, and she's trying to find the mm-hmm. money that Steve oh, Buscemi God. buries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's the kind of quirkiness you could expect from these guys, and they do that here with this western, where Robert Pattinson plays. I I guess he's like a wannabe frontiersman who arrives looking for his missing girlfriend played by Mia Wasikowska, and it just kind of, it, it goes from there, and it, 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 there's a lot to enjoy about this movie. I, I wouldn't say it's, I wouldn't say great, but I would say it's entertaining in, for a Western where you get certain certain things about Westerns you kind of, we talked about this last week, Abe, as far as what you expect from a Western. This is certainly off the beaten path of what, you know, uh, Westerns generally do for you. It's very right, It's right. very quirky um like okay. like i mentioned slow west a couple of weeks ago or last week where yeah. that's a that's on the funnier side it's not a comedy but it certainly has like it's not a comedy it has humor but it certainly it, is, has, a, like, it has a it has a certain kind it, of it
0: takes some different liberties in turn exactly
1: this one does that much more so <laughs> so yeah. um and there, there is one of my favorite sight gags of the years in this movie, I think as well. But um, <laughs>
4: there's, wow. there's
1: a bit that happens where it's like, wow, um, that's it's violent and it's also kind of hilarious, but regardless uh, damsel, <laughs> it comes into limited release. I believe uh, later this June, um, the last thing we're going to mention um, Anna and I watched this uh, last night. Uh, we watched the book of Henry. The, oh, uh, no.
0: That's, um, oh, that's no. Trevor, right? So
1: that's the Colin Trevorrow film that was critically yeah. lambasted. <coughs> and yeah. now I'm already hearing that you guys are not like, did not like it. Or at least no, 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 it at not. It. no. You I didn't, A, you didn't I see did it. So it's it terrible. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I'm going to propose this. Oof, <laughs> I don't think it's terrible. I think it's actually kind of um, good. Um, But my bigger argument, regardless if you like it or not, I feel like this movie got really piled on when we didn't need to. I, I think there's enough going on here to make it far more interesting than it's not like some kind of trash fire in the way that the press kind of made it out to be when it came out back like last year or whatever. Uh, there's there's some there's some odd tonal stuff that happens that yeah, I can understand why that throws people the wrong way, but it's also <laughs> trying to do something. It feels like it's at least trying to be this original story. And I'm not gonna like go to bat for the book of Henry. But I did kinda like it. Like I thought it I thought it was much better than whatever kind of reputation's being imposed on it just because people apparently want to pick fights of Colin Trevorrow for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> so as far as I'm concerned, this guy's three for three. That's what I'm saying.
0: Wow. Alright, <laughs> Ben a thousand there. Mm.
1: <laughs> I mean, he started high. At the safety not guaranteed. Really good. Jurassic World. Yeah. It's fun. This movie, yeah, it's it's weirder. It it's, it's it's a it's a goofier it, it story. It was
0: his it was his passion project, and, but it is a
1: passion project. I mean, it's the kind of thing. Where it's I, like, I know, but that's what I'm
0: saying. It's like it's weird, to be, but it was his fashion project that he wanted to complete after he finished directing uh, Jurassic World. Because you so can, I like, I mean,
1: you make you know exactly, one of the yeah. biggest movies ever. Like I want to do what I want to do, and he wanted to make this and weird the, little and, movie. And the
0: studio saw, and they're like, "All right, this guy's not directing the next Jurassic World."
1: Things were. Th- <laughs> No, he already no, he was he was wrecking Star Wars. That was the thing. So yeah. Oh, Star Wars. Star
4: Wars, Star Wars. Yeah, sorry.
1: I, I still don't think there's a correlation between the two. It just didn't help that his just, latest yeah. movie was getting battered on at the same time and that they're dealing with all the other stuff involving what to do with episode nine after like Carrie Fisher passes away and whatnot. But regardless, Book of Henry, I think it's a kind of enjoyable Ooh. movie. <laughs> 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 so fair.
0: <laughs> Take that. I'm glad that that's <laughs> your last you no know, uh, quickies. Yeah,
1: that's that's how I'm ending quickies here, hey. <laughs> <April. laughs> so there. That's on no our quickies.
0: Yep. Let's move
1: on now. Let's get to some trailers for trailer talk. Guys This week was incredible for trailers. (laughs) This week, every day, there was like three new trailers of movies that I'm generally looking forward to coming out. It was ridiculous, and we're going to spend a lot of weeks of this podcast going over all of them, because my goodness, there was a lot of trailers. And a lot of them were like, how are we not talking about this right away, because look how good that trailer is. Bad Times at the El Royale, for example. But we're not talking about Bad Times at the El Royale right now. We're going to talk about three other trailers. Mainly because they fit the podcast a lot better for this week's theme. Um, so let's start with the first one. The first is, uh, by the way, if you're wondering why there are so many trailers, it's because we're in the summer, Jurassic World opens internationally this week, Incredibles is coming next week, and other movies are coming, so it's like, that's what you generally do. You debut a bunch of like hit trailers that are going to be playing in theaters for like the next several months. So that's why there's a lot of trailers that came out. It was weird that they all came out within the same week, like day after day after day. <laughs> Certainly a way to hog up the, the you know the media news atmosphere. Right. But, but there we are. So we got like, like, seriously, I had to write out all these. But one, two. We got Halloween, First Man, Serenity, Bad Times, How to Train Your Dragon, Girl of the Spider's Web, Stars Born, Lego Movie, Bumblebee. It's like, it's nonstop. It's, it keeps going. But we're going to uh, do just stop. three of them. Yeah.
4: <laughs> we're <laughs> we're
1: going to do just three of them, though. Uh, so first, we're going to talk about Halloween, the latest Halloween film. The 11th entry in this franchise is from director David Gordon Green, who co-wrote this with Danny McBride. They had apparently a great take that impressed not only uh, Bloomhouse but John yep. Carpenter, who is also yep. involved as a producer, as well as he's doing the music. So clearly, yep. they, he saw something in this. <laughs> it's, and not, it, yeah, I got a lot of green lights. And not only that, Jamie Lee Curtis and Nick Castle, who played the original Michael are (laughs) back for this movie. This is ridiculous, but somehow it's happened, and I think it looks pretty awesome, but what do you guys think? Let's start with uh, Bron. Bron, are you a Halloween fan?
3: I, absolutely, and this looks fantastic. It's, it's, like, the trailer starts, and you're like, oh God, not again. But then immediately it's like, oh, sweet, let's do this. Let's, it's, like you said, like, it's a, it's a, it's some kind of unique take. It's not a remake. It's, sort of a sequel but it's yeah. more just like an in-universe film it's which, like it's uh, like
1: this it's like doing like comics do and just being like let's just restart it like let's just say yeah, you right, know right. whatever let's just say there's no but other it, but sequels it's not even
0: like restarting halloween one and two it's only restarting like <clears throat> it's directly after only halloween one yeah <laughs> which which makes it even like cooler yeah. well i'll get to my point later but it, it, it's it's only doing right after one I so we don't know that Laurie strode and michael myers are related Oh, they're not in this version. They're just, exactly, <laughs> they're not. Yeah.
3: Go on, bro Sorry. Uh, yeah, no, I'm just I'm really excited about it. Jimmy Lee Curtis looks like a badass, and sheesh, it just has these elements of of like, ooh, I, I want to see this movie. <laughs> How about you, Marcus?
2: Yeah, I'm kind of on the same page. I, the I just want to see what happens. I want I want to see what this new take that they have on the on the, on the on the the franchise. Uh, is, um, it, you know, the tra- the trailer itself looked good. It really got me on that last scene with the door. Mm-hmm. I think that's, <laughs>
4: geez,
2: yeah. that's, that's, that's Halloween all the way. That, that door scene just did it for me. Uh, I, I need to see this movie. And Halloween's my favorite horror movie of all time, so I wasn't gonna see it anyway. But that door scene really, okay, I'm in. I like the teeth.
1: <laughs> I like when he teeth. Cries, yeah, just it's like, that's such <laughs> a,
4: like, I, yeah. I, don't, I
1: didn't know what to see coming, and it's like, he dropped the guy's teeth on the, it's like, jeez. It's yeah. yeah. not only, like, the teeth, it's like, they're all whole. So, like, he went to this know, guy's like, mouth, that I presume this he, guy? he just, like, ripped out each and every single teeth <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and threw it on the ground. Yeah. Abe, <laughs> how about you? what do you think? Uh,
0: no me gusta. <laughs> I, I, you oh, wow. know how I feel about the hol- no, no me gusta in, like, a way that meaning, like, I don't like these kinds of movies, so it's like, I, I'm gonna really have a hard time i have to definitely wear like a hoodie when i go see this i'm gonna have to bring earplugs and i'm gonna be like keeping through like my fingers i'm gonna have my hands in my face kind of thing it's gonna be like one of those movies where it's like quite honestly like, the reason why halloween works for me is because there's nothing supernatural about the michael myers in the first or well it's like a movie kind of gets a little more supernatural but the first movie there's nothing supernatural that there that is explained right it's just like this guy skipped the mental institution comes back to his hometown and he's like, "All right, well, you know, I'm gonna go uh, do my thing here." Um, and this one, it looks, it looks very, very good. Like, it, it, I, again, everything that Aaron mentioned with um, Danny McBride and uh, who's the other? part? David Gordon Green. Um, again, they are fanatics about this, and so I was pretty much on board. Um, and yeah, man, there, there's a lot of like good, fun. Lines that they put in the in the trailer, including the one where like, oh, Michael Myers isn't the yeah, they killed all the babysitters, and he's like, nah, that's just something that that's people made up. <laughs> um, so there's like some very clever like meta things, but again, like what you guys have all mentioned, this cast uh, is is the original cast, or at least two people from the original cast, and um, what call it? I like that it's uh, continuing on this pathway of more unknowns, uncertainty. You know what I mean? Because I don't know what to expect. Meaning like, sure, there's Michael Myers and he's going to be doing some things to teenagers on Halloween. But I don't know if it's like, well, you know, what else is going to be revealed? And that's kind of exciting.
1: Yeah, no, I obviously I think this trailer was awesome. I mentioned that already. It, It looks just really well done as far as how to make how to provide a new take on, you know, this franchise that's had so many entries already. Um, there's a lot of varying opinions about the Rob zombie uh films this one just looks like it's it still has you know obviously like a modern aesthetic but just the conceptually making it this kind of new sequel that disregards them like it, it that's that's cool to me, where you have like this coming back you have um uh, Jamie Lee Curtis coming back and everything and you're making kind of a new entry within this set 40 years later like i like all that i also like yeah. some of the weirdness i'm already seeing i like that he's in a mental institution and it's just this weird like red and white <laughs> checkerboard that they're all standing on it's like yeah. when does that ever seem like a good idea for like
0: <laughs> I, I also want to briefly mention that, that that jackass reporter really ruining it for, for everybody in haddonfield like he's like hey michael you might remember this and it's like the dogs are barking and if i'm some uh, if i'm like surmising this correctly, it's that guy's teeth that Michael Myers pulls out, and I'm just like, yes, that guy deserved it. So (laughs) they're
1: probably not long for this. If he's getting the mask back from him, yeah. They probably probably didn't exchange it for like, you know, (laughs) some 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 hokum.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Some uh Charleston Chew. Yeah.
1: Um anyway, Halloween the confusingly titled Halloween arrives in theaters. Uh, oct- That's the only downside. It's just called Halloween. It's like, okay, we got to keep these things straight.
0: You know, H4O. That'd be easy. Well, I mean, you can't really have like Halloween, colon, the real one.
1: <laughs> but anyway, Halloween arrives in theaters October 19th. Um, so yeah, that'll be the night he comes Ooh, home okay. again. Um, let's move on. Let's go on to the next trailer for uh, Suspiria. Um, this is a new take on the classic Dario Argento film Suspiria from 1977. Um, It's directed by Luca Guadagnino, yeah, I said that right, and he—he um, um, <laughs> he, of course, from uh, uh, Common by Your Name*, fame just last year. This seems like a remarkably different direction for him, uh, by making you know a remake of an Italian horror classic. Um, from what I can see, and from what I've read, it's kind of a—it's less of a remake and more of a reimagining. Now, that's not the first time that I've heard that kind of thing be said about like here. Well, our take is not really a remake, but at the same time. <laughs> Sure, why not? I'll go. I'll go along with you on this one for now. Um, you, among other things, the film stars uh, Tilda Swinton, Dakota Dakota Johnson, and uh, what uh, Chloe Moretz, I believe, is in there too. Um, you have music by Tom York, of all people, <laughs> like doing the score for this. Yeah, okay. um, all right. So yeah, let's uh, let's start with Marcus. This time. Marcus, have you? Are you? Did you? Have you seen Suspiria?
2: The original? Well, I. I don't know if I'm the only person here that's never seen Suspiria. I haven't of the murders. Don't worry. Okay. Well, there was no black people in it, so I didn't really <laughs> couldn't, find the, couldn't find the time. Um, but <laughs> I know our Ar- Ar- Argentos work, and I and I know of Suspiria, and I've seen clips from Suspiria, so I know what kind of hollow ground this is to make remake this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got to be style first, and this. The trailer looked kind of, you know, stylish, but not like the original Suspiria, from what I've seen. Um, so I'm interested to to see what what uh, what the guy from Calling by Your Name has 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 uh has to bring. Um, I just thought I thought the, probably the most interesting thing. Um, it's written by David. Uh, I can't pronounce his last name, but he's the creator of Terror, the Terror which I recently started watching. Oh, the AMC series? Uh, yeah, the AMC series. Yeah, David Kajanich. So, uh, Kajanich. K- so that that really that really got me more amped for it. So. Okay, cool.
1: Well, LeBron, uh, how about you? You, you? I assume you're probably a Suspiria fan.
3: I love the original Suspiria. The use of color is like one of the craziest things. The first time I saw it, I was like, how did they do that? How did they make that so blue or so red mm-hmm. and like pop that way? <clears throat> and that was the first thing I was disappointed about in this trailer was that I didn't see like a pure blue wall just to tell me that this is Suspiria, because that's all I would need. It's like, show me a blue wall, and I'm in. And there was no, no blue walls. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm not yet in, I, I should say. Um, it looks weird. Uh, Suspiria is a super weird movie. Dario Argento is a super weird director. He makes weird stuff. So this is following in the line of it being strange and... <clears throat> It's intriguing enough that I I will probably check it out, but there's part of me that's like, why? If it's a reimagining or whatever, why call it Suspiria? Just just do your own thing. Uh, You can use the same setting, you can use a similar, you know, everything else. But uh, like, let's not let's not like steal from what is like a, a, a classic movie for for me. This amazing. Colorful, weird movie, um, but especially I mean,
1: because it's like it's not like Suspiria is like, oh man, all the, the kids are gonna flock to this now because it's a remake right, yeah. of that <laughs> obscure <laughs> 1977 Dario Argento movie. <laughs> that IP bunny yeah. we got to get, guys, for Suspiria.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and it, it may drive some people to go see the original, and then and that's great because the original is is a great movie. But yeah, it doesn't have that like, um, like what you just said. It, it's just it's not gonna drive a bunch of people. I mean, I'm gonna go see it. Most likely, uh, unless the second trailer is just like okay, let's let's. There's not enough, if there's not a blue wall in the second trailer, uh, I'm like going to be less than fifty fifty on this film.
4: <laughs> Abe, how about you?
3: So I've never seen Suspiria. I'm, I'm on Marcus's
0: boat, so don't feel bad. Um, and when I was watching this trailer, so I, I I was just checking out as I do normally, like almost every week or every other week, I just like watch a flood of trailers. And I was like, this one looks really weird because it's like oh like ultra zoom in on people's faces with like grainy 70 millimeter or a 35 millimeter film and then like s and then you know zoom in again and like you and it's, like you know i kind of like this i'm digging the style but i don't like the feeling that i'm getting from this movie which is like it's gonna be like one of those things where i am probably gonna be like feeling icky in my seat like oh i don't know guts are moving i don't i don't know what to expect and i'm glad that maybe i don't have to go see it but at the same time it's like
2: another hoodie movie <laughs>
0: it's, yeah, exactly yeah um uh it, it, but it, it certainly is one of those things where again it's stylish and i i definitely felt that and i was like it certainly feels european and i was like oh it's from uh, this italian guy uh and uh for all intents and purposes i think it's doing its job like i don't know about this blue wall thing but um, i think it's doing its <laughs> job of like hey look i'm weird and if you know what i am then come and check me out and if you're curious, you can check me out because you might like it, but you also might throw up in your seat. I don't know. So <laughs> that's a good suggestion. We should
1: just stop wall. there. Podcast over. <laughs> but um, I I've heard something. So I know footage screened of this at like CinemaCon, I believe, and there was some there's not uproar, but there was some reaction as far as the amount of grisly content going on uh, for this movie, which kind of excites me as far as this movie is concerned. Uh, yeah. But I hear what Braun's saying, and I think I am a fan of, of Suspiria, and I'd certainly recommend anyone to get the new, um, the recent uh, uh, Blu-ray release of Suspiria that just has like a 4K restoration of the film. It looks fantastic because that is a movie that just emphasizes how great the color use is uh, for, you know, an Italian horror movie. Um, mm-hmm. And this one... I guess it's very deliberately not using that, which I guess if you're going to remake Suspiria or I guess homage it as he's, as uh, Guadagnino is saying he's doing, I guess the probably, probably better to not try to specifically evoke Argento by way of his most, you know, obvious trait when it comes to his filmmaking, Mm -hmm. at least for that movie. Some of his other movies aren't as colorful, um, which is surprising when I saw this. Oh, that's not as colorful. Um,
3: What's the one of Jennifer Connelly, Bron, Uh, uh The movie's great, too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the soundtrack is amazing.
4: Uh, is it a, a,
1: a fairly recent movie? It's in the 80s. Uh, okay. Oh, God. Uh, that's going to bug me. Don't worry. Phenomena, 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 right phenomena, to, phenomena. Yeah, there you go. phenomena. Oh, Phenomena. <laughs> yeah, it's not as colorful. And John Travolta's not in it. It's not a prequel. Yeah,
0: I was going to be like, oh, Travol- <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, but, uh, like phenomenon. But even Phenomenon. Yeah. Even the, the
3: semi-sequel to Suspiria, Inferno, isn't that colorful. But, yeah.
1: Hmm. But, yeah, regardless, uh, making this Suspiria using, you know, kind of the direction he's going with it, where it's not as colorful and is kind of going for by like this haunting atmosphere. I'm buying into it right now. I I think there's enough to work with to make a new version of this that could become successful. I, I joked already about, you know, the fact that this IP doesn't really mean much to today's, you know, youth horror seekers. And, but at the same time, I also do think that works to the film's advantage as far as, if he was really just trying to cash in on the nostalgia aspect, you wouldn't have to try hard. But if you're going to remake Suspiria, I'd like to think that the end, you know, you have not just like a random music video director, like the Nightmare Before Elm Street <laughs> remake, but you have like, you know, an Oscar nominated director working on this thing. It's like, I'd like to think that he probably has a better idea of what he's trying to do with this and not just, you know, going at random and thinking, oh, Suspiria, why not? So I want I want this to work um for what it is so far i'm on board i'm curious to see you know more in the coming months uh, but we'll see um uh, suspiria arrives in theaters uh, november 2nd uh, so we got that and now let's do our let's get to our last trailer before we move on to our two reviews because we got plenty to cover still uh we're, yeah. we're talking uh, the next trailer is for widows which is the latest film from steve mcqueen a director of 12 years a slave which of course Won him an Oscar a few years back, back in 2012 now. So it's been a bit since McQueen yeah. had a new film. Um, the screenplay is by Gillian Flynn of uh, Gone Girl f- uh, fame. Um, actually, her and McQueen wrote, wrote the script. It concerns basically the. There are armed robbers that kind of fail a heist, and all of their wives get together and do the job for the the robbers are killed it's called widows so that should be obvious um, so so, yeah you have you have basically the the wives of these robbers trying to finish the job that their husband started um the film was
2: called the windows yeah
4: yeah it's it's a prequel
1: to the thing it's all about how that guy wound up in antarctica (laughs) that's my that's the jokes i'm going for this week guys obscure character (laughs) names from the thing um the widows stars um viola davis michelle rodriguez elizabeth debicki colin farrell brian tyree henry daniel kaluuya carrie coon jackie weaver robert duvall liam neeson john bernthal this is a stacked cast (laughs) it's an
0: all-star cast
1: it's an all-star cast what did you guys think let's let's start let's start with abe let's start with you
0: you know, I I was very curious uh, uh, as the opening first sequences because like, oh, this is for a movie called Widows. Why am I seeing Liam Neeson here? <laughs> uh, and then uh, and then I was like, uh, maybe he doesn't know that his wife is like, uh, you know, like uh, like a, a, a high a high concept uh, thief. And then you know, obviously things happen, things transpire, and I was like. Oh, I'm actually rooting for all of these widows. You know, I'm I'm rooting the like, the f out of them, and also like Steve McQueen. I don't think I've ever seen a movie that I've been let down from from Steve McQueen. Like they are always so visceral, and they're always so like they, they connect to you on a level of like you really feel for these characters. Like uh, what was the movie with Michael Fassbender? Uh, well, there's
1: hunger and the
0: shame. Yeah, yeah, they're well, both laugh riots, so it doesn't matter. Too. He's hilarious. Well, yeah. <laughs> this is all of his movies, but uh, yeah, shame the one like where it's like dude this guy is like i genuinely feel bad for this guy um, so with all that though there's uh the action sequences here look pretty cool Viola Davis is a fucking badass and i i really want to see them just like take down the score this is this is almost like um um the town? I don't know.
4: No. <laughs> what
0: was about like Smith and Queen Latifah? Set it um, off. Set it off. Set it off. I, yeah. I knew
1: you were going to set it off. I just really wanted to say it, the
0: town. <laughs> you just really wanted to. It.
4: <laughs>
0: but yeah, so I mean, again, I think there's a lot of really, really good things going for it. I, I, uh, you know, Jillian Flynn, she's, I don't know. I remember Red her worked, and I've seen Gondro and I really enjoyed it. So I'm kind of expecting like a pretty solid script too. In, in, and also really solid directing. So uh, I'm kind of hyped for it.
4: How
3: about you, Bron? What do you think? Uh, I'm also hyped for it. The trailer is, is pretty great. Um, I, I love the concept. Uh, I think that's really cool to like, oh, you know, our husbands couldn't get this job done and the, and the, the guys who wanted the money are coming after us. So we, we have to do something. And they don't expect us to be able to do something, which they outline in, in the trailer. And, and that just, that element of like, Oh, they're going to be, you know, treated like they're just these hapless widows, and then they're going to really just, you know, show how badass they are. That's that's pretty cool. It does evoke set it off for me as well, probably because it's just like women being badass, and there's some kind of robbery involved. Um, but it's like a, it's like a top down set it off instead of a grassroots set it off. Uh-huh. Like
4: okay. yeah.
3: set it off like, oh, you know, we're downtrodden, we need to do this thing. Whereas this is like, we're pretty affluent, but we're in a bad situation. We need to do the thing, you know, in a different way. Uh, looks really cool, love Steve McQueen um, it, it just This looks like a really good movie It looks like something I would want to take all my friends to And talk about afterward Marcus?
2: Yeah, I agree Steve McQueen, Gillian Flynn That pairing That's a recipe for, for, for a really good movie uh, The high speed chases look great it looks like Vi- Viola Davis has a speech where she says she's had enough. Like, I can't miss that. <laughs> <laughs> is,
0: is she like full on crying too? Like ugly crying? I think so. No, she has two I kinds of speeches.
1: One's authoritative <laughs> and the other's reacting and emotional.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: So I, I, I'll i see it. I'll see it once definitely.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, you guys have hit all the hits spots already. I, I really like the idea of seeing the queen like making a new movie and it's like essentially a pulp thriller. I mean, it's like, as opposed to, like, the importance of slavery or a <laughs> hunger strike, he's made a movie about people robbing a place with, you know, a famed pulp novelist, essentially. <laughs> like, And I, liked, I like how cool that is, just because of the way this movie looks. You have this, like, cast of amazing actors, because everybody wants to work with, you know, a, a fantastic director like Steve McQueen, and they're all, like, just giving it their all for what could be a B-movie in the hands of somebody else, but the shots of this trailer... And mm-hmm. like, and it's great trailer editing. Like, I'm all I'm a fan of just how right. this trailer is constructed and the use of music and all that. But there's some really cool shot. Like, there's one shot of of um, of Daniel Kaluuya and Brian Tyree Henry's on Atlanta, who I think is fantastic on that show. Them just like yeah. they, they seem to be playing cops, probably dirty cops, just from the way they look. Um, obviously because they're black. That's I'm kidding. <laughs> um <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. just the way, the way they're standing and like it's just like it's the it's the it's the way. And it only has the same cinematographer, Sean Bobbitt, who should have been nominated. For a best cinematography Oscar with *12 Years of Slave*, somehow that didn't happen. Um, but like, just the way he's like showing characters in that shot in particular, just like things like that, is like this movie's gonna look amazing. This movie's gonna like just put these people into perspective. Where I don't know if it's mythic or if it's whatever it's trying to be to kind of like highlight. What side these people are on, if it's going to be, if it's even if it's like evoking westerns as far as like you know, white hat black hat, like any kind of thing going on, it just looks so deliberate and like how we're trying to show this world, this gritty violent world where you have to do some robberies based off a situation that people are stuck in. Um, and I'm very curious how much involvement there's going to be of the the husbands, if that's going to be like a flashback device or if we just see that all right away. And just really rug, you know, pull the rug out from under you when you like kill off Liam Neeson among other people. It's like this...
0: if if he dies from like a wolf attack, I'm just gonna be like, this movie is the best. Movie of this year. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
1: but no, I, I think there's a lot to look forward to here. Uh, there's a lot of really talented people involved, so yeah, I can't wait for this one. Widows, which arrives in theaters uh, November 16th, so right in time for Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, all right. Well we've tackled a few trailers we did it, we, did it. We, we tackled a few there's still plenty more to cover in the weeks to come but for now we have to move on to one of our two reviews this week and we'll be starting with oceans eight
0: in three and a half weeks the met will be hosting its annual ball
4: and we are going to rob it not the ball itself oh, on the neck of daphne kluger
3: Valued at over a hundred million dollars.
0: It's hundred and fifty million, actually. These boots are made for revenge. It's a twofer. That's
4: just what they're. Do. do not run a job
0: in a job. One of these days,
4: these boots are gonna walk
0: away. Right. Taylor Swift? Can't we just go to this? Do we have to steal stuff?
4: Yes. yes.
2: genetic of the whole family like this literally
1: all right that should have been some of the trailer for oceans 8 (laughs) in 2001 steven soderbergh gave us oceans 11 a remake of the 1960 heist caper starring the rat pack that film the remake gave us clooney pitt damon roberts and a bunch of others in a cool heist flick it spawned two sequels and now 10 years following oceans 13 we have a return to the franchise of oceans 8 a spin-off slash sequel featuring sandra bullock as debbie ocean the estranged sister of the now deceased danny after getting out of jail, she conspires to steal a particular item from the Met Gala. She recruits several thieves, including Kate Blanchett, Mindy Calling, Sarah Paulson, Aquafina, Rihanna, and Helena Bonham Carter, to pull this off. The plan will involve a self-obsessed celebrity played by Anne Hathaway, but there's plenty of other factors involved as well. Soderbergh's pal, Gary Ross, takes over for directing. Uh, so, let's get into it. Marcus, what'd you think of uh, Ocean's Eight?
2: Um. I, okay. So, while there's some funny moments. Ocean's 8, I think, can only be described as fine. It's a jewelry heist. It's your basic jewelry heist, uh, which is not really the problem. Um, it's f- fueled by an ensemble cast, which becomes very apparent. Uh, it, it becomes um, less watchable when less people are on the screen. Uh, when Sandra Bullock and Kate Blanchett are the only two on the screen, it's kind of dull, and I was a little surprised with that. I think it works when it gets into the heist portion. Um, it's a little bit more entertaining. I think, the, the, but my biggest issue I had with this movie was the characters were pretty one-dimensional. Not to say heist movies have multi-dimensional characters all the time. There's usually like a, dem- uh, a demolition expert and a good-looking dude and a pickpocket and a whatever. But these ones seem to be more patronizing? Uh, I guess that is to say, like, I think Sarah Paulson's a great actress. She plays the hoarding mom that you know she's a mom because the only people who call her are her kids, and that, that joke's kind of done to death. Or Mindy Kaling plays the the jewelry thief whose uh, her mom is disappointed in her because she's not married yet. I, I don't know. These, these jokes just seem kind of like lame uh anyway it's 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 forgettable but it's entertaining enough i guess but entertaining in a way like uh you would have you would be watching uh you would have it on your tv while you're while you're thumbing through your instagram or something like that (laughs) okay
1: (laughs) (laughs) braun how about you what'd you what do you think of ocean uh,
3: pretty much almost agree word for word with what marcus said i i would add the word boring in a little bit oh um the, especially the first half like in a movie that that should be sort of kinetic and like oh we're putting the team together kind of thing there's like this 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 lull forever of like we get that you're going to put a team together and we get I get that you're going to see I'm going to see what skills they have it's going to be a little bit of oceans 11e but i think what other heist movies do or maybe even what just what oceans 11 does is like you get these quick little all right we got this guy we got this guy we got this guy and then there's kind of this longer period of like okay well, we're gonna set up the thing and in this movie Sandra Bullock already knows the plan like there's no tension as far as what the plan is gonna be or if she's not given the job by someone else it's not can this thing happen she tells you explicitly nothing can possibly go wrong in this plan so I'm like oh all right well then there's only one wrench thrown in the works at some point and they solve that very easily and, and you're like oh, 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 okay I guess that was a movie it, it's pretty. It's pretty okay. It's it's probably the okayest movie I've seen this year. It's something that I would say, hey, if you haven't seen it, go watch it on Netflix when it comes out because you know there's a couple good jokes and I think Sandra Bullock and and Kate Blanchett's uh, uh, chemistry is is fairly okay. It's probably the best part of the early parts of the movie because they kind of have this. I like, think you get a sense that they had something in the past, like this cool past, and. We, you know, that it doesn't really show in in the present of the movie. Like they're just kind of like, ah, well, you know, we used to do cool stuff. Let's go do this plan that Cinderblock had, and, it, and then they do the plan.
1: All right. Uh, for the record, I think Soul is the most okayest movie of the year. Anyway, Abe, what did you think <laughs> wait, 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 of uh, Ocean's? That's true. What did you, <laughs> what did you think of Ocean's Eight, Abe? Did you say Soul? Yeah, the movie Soul that
0: we all know, Solo. <laughs> oh, Solo! I was like, I've never, I didn't watch a movie called Soul. S O U L. Um, I think it's a, I think it's it's serviceable. I think it's there's, it certainly is fun. Um, and I think that there are elements of it that really uh make it worthwhile. I actually really liked uh, a lot of the actresses in here. I think some of them kind of shine brighter than others. I think one of them that I that I really enjoyed. Um, and is Anne Hathaway? Uh, I think that she's she's kind of giving like multiple kinds of performances. She's having a blast in this movie. She's yeah, a I like the Sarah Paulson character just because she's like this compulsive like thief, um, and and she like has no way of like, hiding it, even though she lives in the suburbs. But with all that though, I, I think that there are certainly is this. Uh, Bron, you mentioned the word kinetic, and the the word the the word that I was using in my review was pacing. It seems like you know there's some pacing issues in the. Um, the way that they build up to the heist, the way that they kind of like um, uh, come down from the heist, and even uh, the way that they kind of like um, uh, show you uh, perhaps uh, additional things that you may have missed uh, from the heist. You know what I mean? So uh, while it is. Very much its own thing, and I and I'm glad. I really am glad that they didn't say like, "Hey, by the way, here's Matt Damon to make a cameo." Um, (laughs) I'm glad that I'm glad that you know there are other characters from other from the from the Ocean series that show up in this movie as well. Just um, you know to either say like hello, whatever the case is, because I'm really glad that there's a line in the movie where Sandra says, "You know, this is an all female thing, and the reason why it's an all female thing is because you know we're not going to be noticed." and uh, men are kind of noticed and you know i'm glad that they kind of just stuck with their guns and said like i think the only person that kind of uh, gets maybe some additional stuff is like this guy that's a super side character um who who uh loves omelets by the pool um so <laughs> with all that though again it's serviceable i think that there are some some good laughs in there uh, there there are some guns. I was like what are you talking and then i realize what you're talking about <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> those are terry betheniscinos um there's uh, there's a lot of like good laughs in here from time to time. I I didn't so much mind that Sandra Bullock was kind of like a low key kind of thing because I think that's kind of how uh, Danny Ocean is. You know, they're both kind of cool characters. So uh, I, I if they're related, then what's the problem with that? You know what I mean? Um, but I do agree with you guys that there is like some some pacing, some drag. I wish that it was a little bit snappier. Um, they they do borrow from Soderbergh's kind of style with like. The blending of the cut shots you know having like it interlace and having these like, these these dissolves and fades um and Kate blanchett is like she's trying to be the rusty of the group but i think there's some some charm that's that brad pitt brings to the not brad pitt specifically but that they wrote for oceans 11 um that uh, kind of really oozes from the page and then on the screen whereas this one i think that they again it's serviceable
1: I, I don't disagree with a lot of what you guys are saying. I will say they're doing the bare minimum to bring over the style that Soderbergh brings to the Oceans films, which is what this film is mainly largely lacking. I think the there's an obvious joy that comes from the Oceans movies because you get, hey, look at this, you know, ensemble cast of you know, talented or fun people to be around for, you know, those first three movies. And it's reflected there because you just get a lot of scenes of them interacting. And Soderbergh happens to be there as well, just playing around, especially in the sequels where he's really experimenting because <laughs> the Warner Brothers said, why not? <laughs> like, As long as you get those guys together, <laughs> sure, do whatever you want to. Make a whole scene look orange for some reason. I don't know. Like, <laughs> But <laughs> this one, I mean, I... I Gary Ross, I like well enough for most of his movies. I really hated Free State of Jones, but besides that, like I think he's a he's a talented director, and given the right script and whatnot, he can be very good. Um, here, I I can admire that you know Gary Ross is like a good friend of Soderbergh, and it's like all right, let's see what he does. But he just doesn't really do much to challenge the filmmaking process. Now, if you're walking to a, you know Oceans Eight. I assume not everyone's saying, well, oh, I really hope the direction is really stylish. I think they're probably <laughs> just thinking, I really want this cast to work because that's a lot of talented people on screen uh, doing a heist movie. And heist movies should be fun and these people should be fun to watch. And yeah, no, what you guys are saying, I I think the, the writing's not as sharp. Um, I've said this before, mm-hmm. but I think Ted Griffin's screenplay for Ocean's Eleven is pretty fantastic as far as how cutting some of those lines are and how well utilize the characters are and all of that. Where here, yeah, it's fun to see some of these people together. And yes, when I think when a lot of them are on screen together, that makes it the most fun. And I do I, I do think Bullock and Blanchett are having a lot of fun together. And Hathaway gets to have a lot of fun because she's playing, like, this mm-hmm. twisted version on herself in a lot of ways, yeah. which is yeah. interesting because it's trying something. But, yeah, like, it doesn't have the same kind of, like... I guess it's the lack of... It's a lack of tension, which you guys hit on. Like, there's... As far as the heist goes, it feels like it's all everything seemingly pretty much goes according to plan and it never really feels like they're not going to make it now i could say the same thing about the ocean the, you know danny ocean and his plans like i don't expect george 20 to lose in these movies but <laughs> there still seems like there is the effort being put in seems like it's registering to me where it's like i the stakes feel at least somewhat plausible that you know something bad might happen and they have to like improvise or whatnot here it just all kind of goes how it needs to and yeah. the other thing is that it lacks a villain like there's a villain character who i guess is you know it's thorn oakenshield it's richard armitage yeah <laughs> and, but like they give him nothing to do i mean he's going
0: up against a uh, you know another elf <laughs> yeah, exactly. But
1: they, <laughs> they get, <laughs> huh, they give him nothing to do here. Like he's never like a presence. Or I'm like, oh, this guy's really sinister. I hope Sandra Bullock, you know, gets back at him. Like it's just more of like, I don't know. He's just like some dick that it's like, like th- that framed yeah. her at one point. Is like, well, that sucks.
0: Yeah, like, it, it, it really felt like they're like, you know, we really need Justin Thoreau for this role. And they're like, we can't get Justin. <laughs> well, we, we can.
1: Yeah, He was busy on, uh, on the I... casino plate in the Last Jedi. So we'll, we'll just get the we'll get Shield and Oakenshield and instead. <laughs> Yeah, I I, agree. I mean, look at like Ocean's Eleven and Andy Garcia. He's great in that movie. He feels like yeah. a threat in that movie. He I don't want to tango with him. Yeah. I don't well, want to tango with like, him now because he, you know he's a big beard. It's hard. That you, but... that you're not rooting for for sure. Yeah, like, you're not Andy rooting Garcia, for for sure. Yeah. This guy's
0: a dick.
1: Yeah, he's <laughs> just kind of yeah. He's, he's he, but he doesn't impose. He's not like a threat on them. He's not like I know about all you women. and I'm going to get you in some way. It's more like he's just around. And if he gets caught in this, that sucks for him because he's a bad guy. So who cares? Where like you have right. Vincent Cassell in the other one, and he's playing it up or you have al pacino in oceans 13 it's like yeah those (laughs) feel like hey that's a considerable villain to go up against where this is like all right in addition to robbing this place we might deal with this guy also and it's like well that's it kind of wastes the time it wastes me i don't i don't get much of a drive from them beyond the fact that they want to do this heist because they can so it's like all right well why should i care more and ideally it should be because the characters are so memorable or whatnot and as as much as you know as much potential as they have i think they not a lot of them get to do like Mindy Kaling is really underused here for given yeah. having her in this type of movie. It seems like she should be doing yeah, a lot yeah. more. And it's like, all right, that's that's all we right. get for her. And right. even like the style of this movie, like I mentioned, this movie takes place at the Met Gala. Seems like it's a pretty easy movie to make, you know, pretty stylish. And they don't really do much with it.
0: I mean they they get a lot of cameos from a lot of celebrities which and Kardashian uh... and yeah, um, and like uh, uh, you know, a lot of supermodels, um, like high Yeah, plume, they, 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 they had they would, a camera
1: um, at a place well, where they'd probably yeah, be. Right, right. Good job, <laughs> <for that. Yes. laughs> way to film the Met Gala. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: but uh, I mean, like, that's one of the things that I sort of appreciate about the movie is just that it it didn't exactly verbatim do a lift of Ocean's Eleven, I mean, like, okay, well, you know what, we've got to have Sandra Bullock and Kate Blanchett go and go and meet with like a, a former con that they helped. Uh, so they get plans to the entire met, you know, op, uh, well, the way like, that it looks. Kind I mean, I don't disagree
1: that they don't do exactly beat for beat the same thing, but it does go through pretty much the same motions in it a different, does. different.
0: Go a lot of the same motions. Yeah. I, I, I
1: I will say one thing I do, and I I think I, I think I'm underplaying how much I do think this movie's fun and enjoyable. It's just not. I I like the oceans movies quite a bit, so I was like, all right, this doesn't quite get up to snuff compared to those other three movies, but. Uh, what thing I do enjoy, I do like how after the heist happens, there's still more movie left. I like that there's yeah, still exactly. stuff to deal with. Um, I thought that's kind of a new aspect, because generally the, the movie just kind of ends after the big heist is over. This one still has, like, things to clean up. So that was neat, mm-hmm. I guess.
0: Yeah. Um, the other thing I'll say is, like, when James Corden came on the screen, I was like, can we have chosen, like, any other guy for this? Because, like, he's a, he's a funny guy, but I just... Sometimes I'm just like a little bit of James Corden goes a long way.
2: Just I don't know. He was kind of, he was kind of the best part of the movie for a little bit of
0: that. because he adds like a, a different kind of pace to the movie. Like he's he's like yeah, way yeah. quick. Like his voices or his manner of speech is much faster.
2: I, I just thought they were using him to his full extent where some of the other people they weren't.
0: They yeah, weren't. I can agree with they that. They
2: let him they let him go, and then Mindy Kaling had three lines. So, <laughs>
0: well, you know, she she was also probably filming. Uh, a like uh, the, the Ava DuVernay movie, as well, <laughs> that's, not,
2: yeah.
1: that's not how movies work, baby. <laughs> 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 Guys, I can't Wait, do as many lines as I thought I could.
0: <laughs> <commercials>? <laughs> <laughs> you can't do both. <laughs> um, I will say that. Uh, what should call it? Um, while it is kind of beat for me thing, it's uh, there. There was kind of like a letdown with the uh, the climax, um, and. By that, it's not—it's not so much like what they're doing and how they're doing. It, it's kind of just like the like the post fact of it, mm. um, and and then what happens. I was like, you know, I I wish that it was a little bit more like I was totally caught off guard by this. Yeah, because you know I, mean? I I would I I think you there's. Know what I'm saying? Yeah, then, because like, I, there's... D- I definitely don't want to get into, like spoilers on it. It's just more like there was like one specific scene. I was like, oh, this feels very very casual. And and it, again, uh, yeah, I know, I know what you're referring to. Here. Yes, yeah, and yeah. It, it goes back to what everyone here has said, which is like Debbie Ocean has masterminded this, and nothing's gonna go wrong.
1: It's it's breezy. That's my biggest thing I've said about it. It's a very breezy film where everything it just happens, and you're supposed to enjoy the time spent with these people. Yeah. But it's like it's it is kind of dry, and it doesn't it doesn't know how to make up for it by way of you know clever direction. or... Or another awesome score by David Holmes because he's not here this time around. You have Daniel yeah. Pemberton, and it's like, all right, there's a lot more like songs that are put in here, and a lot less like really cool jazz music like they have in the Ocean's movie. So I'm like, all right, it's, it's just we're just kind of running through this, and so yeah, I, I I would, I don't know, I think I think it's fine. I I guess you know saying it's you know a very okayish movie is pretty accurate. Uh, if you guys,
4: yeah, yeah.
2: all right.
1: Any other thoughts from you guys on the uh, Ocean's Eight?
2: When is Aquafina going to get her spinoff?
1: Hmm. Well, she plays the same <laughs> character in Crazy Rich Asians. Well,
3: I wanted to echo something that that somebody said where um, Sandra Bullock's playing a cool character. I, I did like that. I liked that it, it like subverted my expectation of what Sandra Bullock's going to bring to a movie because she's usually kind of goofy and she's usually kind of like well, she's all over the place. So- <clears throat> yeah, but you know, in a way that also plays against the movie because I wanted some energy and she's not bringing it, but. She, for the character she was playing it was appropriate and, and I think it kind of worked to see for lack of a better word some range because she's like restrained and yeah. that, that works really well
0: I... it's also that she's restrained all the time because there's the part where she has to play a different character and she gets mm. to like say ridiculous things that are translated yeah, um, and that's fun uh, but oh. yeah it, it's I, I'm a big fan of just like i had seen some comments saying like oh Sandra Bullock usually is so dynamic it's like that's not what this character is calling for you know if you go and watch <laughs> if you go and watch um uh, what's the movie where uh, Lubeski and and Gravity? Gravity. Thank you. <laughs> it's like right, she's not jumping off the walls in that one either. So, yeah, it's good to have this kind of performance where you are a cool character.
4: <laughs>
1: uh, I like well, that. <laughs> The thing I would add is, like, the beginning, where she has to do some, you know, thieving and the cleverness involved there, mm. that aspect kind of dials down from that point. Now, obviously, she she's doing the same thing over and over again, but there was sort of a a sense that I got... I mean, and it's a good way to establish what the character is, it's just that character doesn't seem to be the same person through the rest of the film, as far True. as seeing that kind of cleverness pop up again and again. Instead, mm. she just acts like a cool customer throughout, which is fine also. Um, you know, you gotta be like the ringleader, so you gotta act that kind of way it's like okay that's that was a fun way to to kind of show like she's an ocean um but she has her own way of doing things as opposed to how you know george Clooney would do things like yeah but regardless i i think we seem to all be on a fair, fairly similar page of it's fine like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: fine. i mean I, I would recommend people to go see it because um, mm. it's fun well, there are let's, some well, let's get to that
1: what um when, when would you say people should see this movie
0: uh, I would say dollar theater. Uh, help support the 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 movie, but you don't have to rush out and see it. <laughs> Brock? Um, no, Marcus, how
2: a you? Oh. Go ahead. Uh, I I mean I would wait. I would wait for DVD. Okay. I would wait for DVD.
4: Broad.
3: Yeah, I mean I said Netflix. Um, I I I've heard around around my work a lot of uh the. A lot of my female co-workers are like, oh, let's get together and go watch Ocean's 8. That's probably going to be a good time. Uh, I mean, that if you go with a group of people and you can kind of debrief afterward and be like, oh, you know, this part was fun. I laughed at this. And it could be fun to see with some people, but uh, I didn't need to see it in the theaters. I, I probably could have waited.
2: It's no girl's trip.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I would. I would say like a dollar theater. I think it's... Or I guess movie movie pass. At this point, we need to change the rating system. A little we, bit. we do we need to got to evolve yeah, it because yeah. of this.
2: We've got like
0: sixty-two of them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> is Redbox still around?
0: <laughs> it it kind of is. And then we were like, "Well, what kind of DVD would you want? Would you want Blu-ray Ultra Ultra HD?" <laughs> like, <laughs> what are we doing here, guys? <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah, um, I, I I do think it, it's it's good enough. I think you can you know see it on a dollar theater. Or you know, with a movie pass, but you know, nothing, uh-huh. n- n- nothing all that special.
4: And I have to say,
1: the Soderbergh fun. films are all that special. Although I think the first one and I really have a lot of fun with Twelve are like you know these kind of mountains that you can you can only wish you could reach. But at the same time, I do think those movies accomplish something in a way that's more you know dynamic and unique than uh, than what Ocean's Eight has. So cool. all, right. all right, well. That does it for the horror movie. Let's get to the comedy. We're now going to talk about Hereditary.
2: <laughs> Come on, Peter. This your soon.
1: I
3: recognize you from your mother. What? Sometimes I swear
4: I can feel Fair. them in the room. Oh my god. What's that? What Was you just to do?
0: She isn't gone.
3: <laughs> she had private rituals, private friends.
4: Who's going to take care of me. You don't think I'm going to take care of you? But when you die...
1: Alright, that should have been some of the trailer for Hereditary. <laughs> Perhaps the less I say about the Hereditary, the better, but we'll get to, into more specifics as we go on. Uh, the film is the horror debut of writer-director Ari Aster. It was a hit at Sundance and for good reason. While there are some familiar elements that go into the plot, the film largely focuses on a family portray- portrayed by Tony Collette, Alex Wolf Millie Shapiro, and Gabriel Byrne. The film opens with Collette's mother... Glatz character's mother having passed away, and various secrets she had start slowly revealing themselves. Uh, Braun, what'd you think of Hereditary?
3: I really liked this movie. I, uh, I, I, I kind of agree with that. Like the less you say, the better. It's, it's, it's got a lot going on. It, I think for me, actually, it's going to require a second viewing before I really like come down on it because there's little. I was noticing as it as it got further and further on that there's like these little things that are in the frame that's pointing to things, and I was like, oh, I should have been paying much more attention to those earlier on, get some clues going forward. Um, I thought the, the the interplay between the, the characters in the family is very good. It's it's shot like a like a family drama. It has these swooping camera movements, a lot of like these still shots that just stay for a long time. It's a good dinner table scene, which is great for any family drama. Not, you know, really a big, jumpy, scary horror movie. And that, I liked that. I, I had not actually seen a trailer for this going in. I didn't really know a lot about it. I, I had heard that it had some buzz and then you said we were going to talk about it. So I went and saw it. And I was, uh, I was very pleasantly surprised. I, Tony Collette is pretty incredible in this. She, she really knocks it out of the park, I, I thought. Um, and so much so maybe that some of the other, uh, performances seem lacking because she's just so good. Uh, it's uh, it's gonna require a second viewing, maybe a third, but um, I, right now I'm 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 pretty high
2: on this movie.
1: Marcus, what did you think of hereditary?
2: Ah, uh, yeah, I I agree. I, I'll say first and foremost, uh, uh, Ari Aster. Um yeah. I've been interested in him ever since I I, I saw the strange thing about the Johnsons. <laughs> I I probably saw it early this year and mm-hmm. I loved it. But he does a great job of of, of uh, cranking up this uncomfortable atmosphere over this two hour movie that uh, he cranks it up until it overflows and basically burns down the house. Um, Toni Collette is award she gives a award worthy performance here. I uh, I think she's she she I I'll agree with Bron. She, she her performance is so great. One scene I almost teared up in, her performance is so powerful that it it, it kind of um, downplays the other performances, but Melee Shapiro, who plays the daughters, she's great in this too. Uh, Also, uh, Ann Dowd is is really good in this. She's good in everything. People need to stop
1: talking to Ann Dowd. Every
2: yeah, every, every time someone's
4: listening
1: to what she has to say, bad things go. Happen. She,
2: she's 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 very good in everything, but she's very good in this. Um, as for the story, uh, the first half, which is nearly perfection, plays again like Bron said, plays almost kind of like a, a, a drama. It it deals it details more of a. Uh, how people deal with the loss of a, a, a family member. And the second half is more of that calorie-filled horror movie. Uh, it's not conventional by any means, but it, it, it that's when it kind of goes a little... It goes a lot crazy. Yeah. So I know this isn't for everybody because I think that's where it's, where it's going to lose a lot of people. Even though I loved it, I know that's where it's going to lose a lot of people... But it shouldn't. I know that some people come into horror movies with some kind of internal ranking of, internal ranking of importance, like jump scares, followed by gore, followed by more jump scares. For those audiences, hereditary is going to be a little slow, but it shouldn't be. It, 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 you should give it a chance. Um, and, and honestly, there's going to be some people who, who this is a little weird for them and they should really stick with this movie. If, if you're watching this movie and halfway through you think this is kind of weird, strange, just taking some weird, strange turns that are making you kind of uncomfortable in, in, in a, in a, in a want-to-kind-of-leave way, you should, you should really stick with this movie until the end. Because honestly, for me, Hereditary scared me in a way that kept me up at night, not necessarily in a way that I was looking in the corner waiting for something to jump out, but in a way that... I was up mulling over the film's more disturbing tics. I I described it online as as like a worm that burrowed into my ear and settled into my brain only to make (laughs) miniature replicas of a worm burrowing into my ear. All right,
0: that's a horror movie in itself.
2: Right. (laughs) You should
0: definitely write that uh,
2: one. Right. So I think that's the only way I can describe this movie. You should see it. Everybody should see it. Everybody should see a movie that a horror movie that challenges them to this extent at least once in their life. It's not conventional. You're not going to be able to. It's unpredictable. You need to see this movie. Abe. I told you that
1: you, should, so midweek after I saw this, I'm like, you need to see this movie. Yeah. Um, you were not necessarily it, it, excited to see it, this movie, but I told you it, it you need it to see this It had definitely
0: been on my radar because before you had texted me, you know, I'd seen and I'd heard the buzz about this and, and I was, if we weren't going to talk about it, I would have watched it kind of like at a later time. <laughs> um, but you know, now that we are talking about it, it and it, it's gotten quite the buzz, you know, um, I didn't see it. So, um. Anyway, did you have a, a leading que- lead-in question?
1: Yeah, what'd you think of the fucking movie? <laughs> 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 uh,
0: I don't know what you guys are talking about. This is a oh, very, wow. like, okay movie. <laughs> I like, oh, no. it is, It is... I think there's, like, a lot of really interesting themes that are going on. Marcus, you kind of mentioned the, the themes about, like, well, how do individuals deal with uh, the passing of a loved one um, and stuff like that. I think there's really cool sequences in this movie. But on the whole... It's got tons of foreshadowing that is like really like on the nose that I didn't enjoy, and there's there's actually a lot of like dumb character mistakes too, and I'm just like I am also annoyed by that. It, it really bugs me. Um, like one of the, the propelling things in this movie is something that that uh, Alex wolf who I think does a phenomenal job um, in this movie, I, I'd also everyone's doing a great job. Tony Toni Collette, yeah, sure. If she gets if she gets an award. News mentions, I'm not upset. But Alex Wolf is also doing some great things in terms of just being scared, confused, upset, and whatever the case is. Um, and, and, but something that his character does that leads up to a, a, a turning point in the movie it's like, alright, this is, this is irresponsible. And I was just not on board with that. There are also other elements in here, including like Anne Dowd's character, where I was like, what? What is like a, a mother doing? You know, listening to a, a stranger like this kind of thing. So there are very, very interesting, I think, uh, ideas going on. But also at the same time, like it kind of deals with a faction of horror that I'm just like not that interested in. Um, and I, I've seen it before. Like it's 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 uh it's one of those it's it's a smaller slice, but that slice. Has been prevalent throughout the history of, of horror, um, and I'm just like, you know, this is this is not one of the most interesting things. Like, I'm 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 interested in things that had been going on throughout the movie, and as it continues to unfold, I'm just like, this is this is okay, and I actually kind of wish that something else happened at the end of the movie. Uh, I think that there were some things that did leave you guessing, uh, which I attribute to the way that the the film is crafted. Kudos on the cinematography. I think the cinematography in here is, is, you know, incredibly excellent. There, there are some beautiful shots in here in the dark. There's beautiful shots in here just like silhouettes. Um, the way that they go about this is, is very, very well done because it's not, it's not your traditional horror movie in the sense of like, oh, you know, spooky house setting kind of thing. It's more just like they're a suburban family living in Utah and, um, you know, not everything has to go bump in the night kind of thing. Um, a few things do, but on the whole, I think that there's a lot of really interesting ideas here. There's, the execution of it is just like, I don't know. It, it, it wasn't so much that, and, you know, I don't try and like read as much as I can before I go see a movie, and I don't watch as much as I can before I go see a movie. It was just more like, wow, the, the explanation or the way that this is unfolding, the way that the audience is reacting to some of these things is, is a little bit much, because I, you know, I'm a fradie cat. I'm the first to admit that, and I love the psychological aspects of this movie. Aaron had kind of mentioned um, Babadook to me, and I was like, yeah, you know, this reminds me of a lot of ideas in that too. Um, although I think Babadook kind of takes it full on into what is or isn't real, um, and this one's like it's definitively this or it's definitively that. Again. There are really cool sequences in this movie and kind of like visceral images in this movie. But on the whole, it's like just I right.
2: Oh man. <laughs> I um
1: I'm I wouldn't say I'm precisely in the middle on you with you guys, but I, I wouldn't say that I walked away thinking this is a new horror classic. At the same time I think it's a very good movie. Um I, I think it does a great job of being a family drama and a horror movie. Um, Something I can really enjoy uh, about horror films, especially ones as of late. There's been a lot of, it's not new to the genre per se, but there's been a lot of horror movies really appreciated because of the emphasis on uh, familial elements or the dilemmas of certain characters or what have you, just kind of an outside aspect that reflects more of what's going on in their own life, as opposed to some kind of supernatural entity or something that's inherently horror based um, and so because of that, you get some really strong performances. You have Tony Collette, who is doing awards-worthy work. Alex Wolfe, I think, is very good in here as well. Millie Shapiro is quite good. Gabriel Byrne's kind of terrible. I think I don't think he's very good in this movie. <laughs> um, I, I actually didn't
0: know he was in the movie. I know when I saw it, and I was like, oh, no, they got they got the devil himself. Yeah, which
1: makes me – and it's like Gabriel Byrne's very good at playing either aloof or very intense. And I'm like, why is he feel like such a non-factor in this movie? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It, it's like – that. it seems like such a – it seems like he's a guy that got the last second to play this part. Um, and he just kind of, like, threw himself in. And I- I'm sorry if that sounds mean, but at the same time, it's like, I know Gabriel Byrne's a very good actor, and it's like, why does he seem so, li- like, there's a scene where he's supposed to just be, like, crying at a stoplight, and I'm like, I don't buy this whatsoever. Like, I just I don't have much to go on to, like, really care about this the, the father character. Now, I say all that, he has two very specific scenes that I'm glad he, was, like, there's one kind of maybe like the one laugh line in this movie that he has delivered that's kind of late in the film that it's like, that's precisely why he's here. Cause he can deliver a line just like that. Ooh. And then there's another moment mm-hmm. that's not really involving him as an actor, but more of that's why this character needs to be here for this certain event to take place.
4: Um, yeah.
1: but beyond those things, um, movie wise again, um, I, yeah, acting solid, the story, there's certainly a lot of elements of other movies here that I've seen before. Um, it doesn't bother me necessarily because I've seen plenty of movies that borrow from other movies, and I like a lot of them, um, but the direction is pretty outstanding. I was very happy to be involved in the sort of inherent tension that comes throughout this movie, from sound design, from camera choices, to the the deliberate pacing, which I think actually helps. The movie's over two hours, and it feels that length, but it also, I think that's a benefit for a movie like this, because you're, you're basically... You're stuck in this environment with these people. You have to deal with the things that these characters are going through along with them. And so instead of relying on jump scares to make sure you're still paying attention, you're scared, assuming that you're, you know, an adult that can handle a movie that's long. Um I think <laughs> the the benefit is that you basically deal with the drama that comes out of the scenarios they were in, as well as the kind of creepiness, and because you have this kind of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of ways that it plays with the sound mix. There's a, there's some reverberating sounds. I think they happen a lot of ways. Um, there there is some tricky imagery. There is some neat scare stuff. There's some gnarly gore stuff that happens. <laughs> like the end of this movie gets wild. <laughs> the last the last twenty minutes of this movie, if you were waiting for this to deliver, it certainly gets to a point where it does. But there are I mean there are things that happen early on. there's one thing that happens way early on and I'm like oh okay <laughs> like yeah. and, and it's perfectly yeah. staged like there just and it's you it know like there's a I think what I like about this along with I think there's some great cinematography here honestly that that really kind of kept me on track of this but I think there's a lot of the ways it's playing with you to get you to a certain point not playing but like the way it's kind of putting its rules into play showing you how things work what character responds to what that kind of stuff i i I was digging all of that stuff i was really into how these characters function in this film where what, what their occupations are where they're at what what they're supposed to be doing i i liked kind of being in with them for like the first hour where it's not much plot is happening before things really kind of kick into gear and so i was into it i like this movie
0: fight me (laughs) (laughs)
2: oh boy
0: i mean again it's not so much that i'm I'm saying that facetiously but i I would love to hear a little bit more about how you guys interpreted um some of the the horror elements of it i mean not so much just like specifically the broad genre of horror horror i mean you you say
1: like you think people are overdoing it as far as their scares like
2: i don't i mean i don't i don't wait wait Wait, I said what? People were putting it on, like they're scared, how, how, how scared they were of this movie? Or I think, I mean, you know, you, you've seen uh, some
0: of, I guess, the TV spots that I was uh, seeing. It was like, um, it's like, it's, a, you know, people felt uncomfortable during the, the screening at um, Sundance or wherever that it was screened. I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm kind of interested in, in how I will react to this movie because, again, uh, because I haven't seen as much and because it's not, like, my favorite uh, type of film to see, um, I do I do certainly – I think that I'm a little bit more in tune with, like, what the director's trying to give um, a- in a more, like, free-spirited way. Um, and, you know, sure, the ideas of building up the family through the first, like, 30, 40 minutes of the movie um, is deliberately paced. But at the same time, like, it doesn't really – Uh, there's just, I mean, I, Tony Collette is, is kind of going through all these, um, books and whatever else it's like, you know, and then, uh, Alex Wolf is in class and you're hearing what the teacher is talking about with regard to choice and whatever else too. Um, and like royalty in families. And it's like, I get what you're saying here. Um, (laughs) I really do. And, you know, it doesn't really take a mastermind to figure out like, that shit's going to go down. It's more of like, I I like that you are building the suspense and this tension, but at the same time, like I, I didn't really think that the payoff was all that great. I think that the payoff is when, when it gets crazy, I really enjoyed that. Especially like, you know, how, how, um how it first starts, like with a chase in the house. I was like, oh, this is, this is getting really good here. Um, and it, you know, it continues through for like the next like 20 some odd minutes. Um, and then I was like, you know, I it's 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 it is what it is. There's actually a point where I was kind of hoping that something would happen at the end that was like incredibly horrific. Um I think there's one thing that happens that's pretty incredibly horrific. I'm talking about like post post that. I'm talking about like a little bit later, um in like a different part of the house kind of thing.
4: Alright. Um,
0: okay. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, I really I really hope that, you know, something goes like you know, there's like some beautiful bloodlust here. And it's like, well, OK, I guess this is the end of the movie. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I'd love to hear. I'd love to hear again. You don't, you don't have to like fight me on this. I, I'm not I looking for I'm asking. It, I'm on. not asking to fight you or what I, yeah, I It's just more like I, I would love to hear like maybe maybe I because it I agree with Bron. Like the, I think I do want to see the second time. I do want to pick up not just like on all the arrows that are pointing throughout the whole entire movie to this or this or that. But it's more like, oh, I think I might have missed, like, at one shot, there might have been shadowy figures off in the distance that I thought I saw, but I, I, I have to confirm it on a second view. I'll, I'll say it.
1: this. this One of the scariest things in this movie for me was one of the – like, had no nothing to do with violence whatsoever. There's just kind of an appearance of something. Where and this is me specifically, I can't say this is a scary scene for anybody, but it was just one thi- one kind of image that I was like, oh, that's spooky. Like, I'm not. I think I might know what you're talking as
0: about. As much as
1: I love horror movies, I've said this before. I'm not one that gets kind of unnerved by them too much these days. So it's like this had yeah. some stuff in there that kind of got me a couple places. Where I'm like, okay, well, that's right. that's that's not going to leave my brain anytime soon. Um, but yeah, yeah. as far, I mean, <laughs> it's impossible. To, like you know, just to, to say like just because we're like in more uh, Horror aficionados or whatnot that we have a different reaction or what I think it's besides the points. I I just do, I do think that well
0: I, I think that there's like a certain appreciation of it too. Like you guys have perhaps seen, yeah, but I uh, you know uh, other one like, you know the thing that I'm recalled to in this not only is Babadook but Rosemary's Baby right where it's yeah. like there's a slow build in that it's ultra slow build. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's it's like she's walking through the house, she's hearing things, unsure what to do, and then like at the end there, it's just like oh you know this is this is what it was and. And I like when I saw that, you know, 25 years after it was released or whatever the case was, <laughs> I was like, OK, <laughs> so maybe it's just me with this type of with this type of horror is what I'm saying. OK, um,
1: and I can I can get that. And honestly, it speaks to, not necessarily speaks to all of the general audience of I mentioned the D plus cinema score that it has, which is not surprising to me whatsoever. I think a two I, films... I would not
0: give it a D plus.
1: I, I don't know. I don't think you would give it a D plus, but I. <laughs> I get where that comes from with Cinema Score versus these kind of art house horror films. I mean, the same happened for when *It Comes at Night*. I don't believe *The Witch* was very high, despite being very successful. Um, and
0: oh, that's another one we
1: should loop in later. Or even something like I don't know, not a24 whatsoever, but *Annihilation*. Just movies where it's like they're not satisfying audiences in a way that I guess they're expecting. And yeah, this movie does move at a slow pace, and there's not a it's not a happy ending. I'll say that, which. <laughs> I can understand if you're exit-polling a movie, yeah, you're not going to be like A for that, like on a kind of a general audience basis. <laughs> uh, but what I do I think, think it gets – it does what Marcus and Ron have described where it's it's unnerving, and I like that. Yeah, I'm, totally. I'm, less cons- I'm less focused on how the story is going to play out or how clear it is to me that this is going to probably end poorly because of all the setup getting there. And I'm just happy to be on that journey to get there. Where I like the yeah. I like the weird stuff that's going on, or the different like the cross cutting between scenes involving stuff. That yeah, it's obviously foreshadowing what stuff, but I'm still seeing interesting scenes of these characters getting involved in this kind of thing.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a two hour movie, but there's a lot in it. There's a lot packed in that two hours that was just satisfying to me. Was okay. unnerving to me, even though I came out of this. I I really enjoyed the movie and I came out of this understanding that I didn't get every twist and I didn't maybe understand everything. And I needed to see this movie again. But the fact that I felt that I needed to see this movie again in a good way really spoke to how this movie affected me.
4: Yeah.
3: I, uh, at some point in there, I, I got the feeling I was being manipulated and didn't really know by whom. And I liked that a lot. Like, I, it turned out that it was by a different person than I expected or by a different entity or whatever. But like, I was like, Oh, do we, ha-, you know, what kind of situation are we in? Are we in a unreliable narrator? Is, is there something, you know, going on beneath the surface? And and I, that unnerving feeling that Marcus was saying, there's just, there's, there's just this, like, you're like, why is this so much like a drama for so long? Like wh- right. <laughs> what's happening? And, and I, and while there are, there's some, there's some, some foreshadowing, there's some notes as to as to the, the deeper thing, but it, it starts off with without explaining any of that. It, you get this funeral scene, and you're like, okay, well that'll come in later. And yeah. and like, you, I'm looking for it. I, I'm, I'm, my eyes are open to the potential manipulation, and it, it took me in, in ways that I did not really see coming, and I, I really I really liked that.
0: Can I, can I ask you a question, a clarifying question on that? Was it a, a way that you didn't see coming in that you were trying to put the pieces together, or that it was kind of wholly new?
3: uh i i think part of i mean i've seen i've seen films that did similar things I, I i mean i could say one but i think it would ruin part of the movie so i'm not mm-hmm. going to say that but um i, I think maybe just the, the putting the pieces together thing like i i'm expecting to see through something somewhere and yeah. by the time that it got to the point where it's telling me the thing i should have seen through i, I was looking in the other direction and and i I liked that.
1: What I think makes that especially yeah. effective is that there's only so many characters in this movie. So you don't really yeah. think that there are certain directions that you feel like it's probably going to take. I think that's what, Brian, you're kind of saying. yeah, too, right? like and, yeah. and the fact that it finds creative ways to still involve only those so many characters, but go at it from a different direction. I found that to be impressive because, yeah, it's not a matter of... The twist is not the thing that like oh I wouldn't even say I there's I wouldn't even there's a twist I don't, in this I don't movie. think there is one there's not a yeah. twist but I mean the kind of the direction it takes it's like oh okay we actually did find a a different route to go compared to you know if there's A B C or D I was happy that I did not know which one to pick throughout the movie like okay. it's an it's neat to be down a pa- you know a series of paths and you don't know where it's going to end up exactly but and when it gets there. If you're underwhelmed, you're underwhelmed. I can't, you know, I can't, I can't speak yeah. to that. But I, I was, I was, I was into all of this. I was, I was into this in a visceral sort of way. I was into this into a dramatic sort of way, especially involving the things that Tony Collette has to deal with in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. There are yeah. oh, there are some specific reasons. Um <laughs> and, but also but regard, and even regardless of this, the direction is solid in this thing. There's some yes. really cool shots in this movie that I just really loved. Like there's one shot of totally. there's one shot where like the kids sleep. Alex Wolf is like sleeping and Tony Collette like he she's, she's her face is like right next to him. And like <laughs> and as he like wakes up, he's like, Mom, what are you doing? And the camera just kinda like quickly turns. It's just yeah, weird, yeah. like it just like takes a 90 it's degree turn. It's like a nice turn. little
0: like it's, Yeah, exactly. It's 90 degree just, turn. Yeah,
1: and it's like that's just, it's just stuff like that that's cool. Like, that's a that's, yeah. a that's a neat thing to do. There's a lot of that in this movie. I,
0: I mean, there, there's, like, uh, again, I think the direction, like, I mentioned the sermon documentary was, was very fantastic. There's a lot of stuff that kept me in here, technically. Um, you mentioned sound design, too, Aaron. Yeah. But there's, like, another scene where, like, um, uh, it's like a dream within a dream part sequence. Uh-huh. And at, <laughs> at one point, like, you know, Alex Wolfe is like, hey, you're freaking me out. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, it, it, he starts getting, like, it, it's like, oh, why is he all of a sudden so sweaty? I was like, I really <laughs> like the way that this is going, <laughs> you know what I mean? And and then, like, if something else happens, and you're just like, that that was cool, you know what I mean? That was something that I, I haven't really seen before, because usually it's like, oh, you know what? I'm going to, like, uh, I'm going uh, to, there's, like, there's like a, a more, like, visual cut, and then you're like, okay, well, now I'm experiencing something else. Whereas I was like, no, man, all in one, one piece right now, let's take it, and... You guys have all mentioned this too. I love the psychological aspects of this, yeah. you know, whether it's how to deal with the uh, with uh, Grief. like bereavement, mm-hmm. or whether it's you know a, a family kind of coming apart and how they are also trying to come together. Because there's a beautiful scene, beautiful meaning like the outcome of the scene at a table uh, where they're having dinner, where it's like a, a fantastic like. There's a great line from Tony Collette, which I don't know if it was ad libbed. About the way that Alex Wolf looks, and I was like, "That's a great line." (laughs) Um, But as if I'm like, you know, there's a lot of emotion going in there, Mm -hmm. and then there's another part. Like as that scene is ending, like that same scene, you're just like, Alex Wolf brings up, like, you know, I I just want us to kind of heal too, and uh, I'm glad that they do go into those things. Gabriel Byrne. You're right that there's like kind of really only two major scenes for him. One scene, I I did enjoy his practical, his pragmatism. You know, there's a the part where uh, they have to like get up in the middle of the night, and he's like, "I don't know how to stop this, so I'll just get a glass of water and throw it on like somebody's face."
4: And I was like, <laughs> I,
0: "I like the practicalism of that." You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, you know, like it's because it, it, like I in situations like that in other horror movies, you're just thinking to yourself. How do people usually resolve this? Will they try and turn on the lights and it doesn't work? Or like, you know, all of a sudden the windows are going to burst open. Where it's like, oh, you know what? I don't know. My son is really scared. Um, and I, the only thing I can do is like, you know, maybe, m- maybe, um, maybe it's a process of my wife, like, having these problems when she was a child that's coming back. So let's just see about this. And it's like, oh, you know, that's, uh, that's a pretty cool way of doing it. But I agree with Aaron that like Gabriel burn after like a couple of scenes, is like, He's just not very used at all. It just falls flat to me. It's weird. It's yeah. like the script yeah. doesn't yeah. find yeah. much for I, him.
1: Again, like, there really is just, there's only so many reasons that his character is even in this movie, which kind of right. shows because there's and, not much for I... him to work with, but it's like, why is he still phoning it in here? <laughs> like, it just seems, especially because <laughs> Tony Collette's like giving it her all. So it's yeah. like, how...
0: Noticed, like... Earlier on, he didn't have his accent, and later on, I was like, he oh, had yeah. this full accent. <laughs> oh,
1: accent. Yeah, and, and it comes <laughs> out. It comes out, yeah. those, <laughs> it comes out when he's angry. when he's It's right? latent Irishness. Oh. Yeah, uh, I, I
0: will say that you know Gabriel Byrne. There's a lot of this in here. There's a lot of red herrings in here, and and those oh, yeah. red herrings. Oh
4: yeah, there's a lot of red herrings, of, herrings in here. Mm-hmm. That's for
0: sure. Yeah, some of them annoyed me, other than than uh, more than others. But Gabriel Byrne is like one of those where it's like. You know, you're, you're gonna have to watch the movie. I agree with Marcus. You should go see this movie just because, like, it's something that is kind of unique. But I don't necessarily think that you have to like be like, "Oh wow, you gotta like, it's gonna change your life." Aaron, Aaron said it best. It's not one of those that's like gonna be, um, what, a classic? Is that what you mentioned before? I yeah, I or, essentially like, it said that I
1: I didn't think it's a new horror classic in the same way. That yeah, some I mean, a new yeah. horror classic. Yeah, I I don't think it's one either. I I am curious to see it again though because I I. I don't think the film breaks any of its own rules or anything like that involving yeah. whatever supernatural type things happen. I'm more yeah. curious just to see how well it all clicks together now that I know where it's going. Uh, yeah. I think there's enough. Yeah, I-, I think there's enough happening here because I don't think there's any unnecessary scenes in this movie, despite being so long. So I would be curious to watch it again both because it's really entertaining or at least whatever you want to equate to entertaining for this kind of movie, as well as I think well-crafted as far as getting across all the things it's trying to do to tell yeah. this story.
0: Yeah. I, I also want to mention that, um, uh, the witch in terms of like the, the drama going on within that family too, and how it was kind of like self-inflicted. We talked about this on uh, multiple podcasts, mm-hmm. uh, the review. And also I think like a later one where we went a little bit more into it where it's like, you know, the puritanism of it is actually the horror of the movie. Like, these guys are, you know, holding themselves to such a, a biblical standard that it's really tearing their family apart kind of thing. It doesn't as help, well as like, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't help. It's, like, visual things that are often spooky, too. But I think that, like, the supernatural element in that movie was way more, like, awesome um, in, in the way that it was unfolded to you, um, especially, like, in one specific scene. But, uh, yeah, for this one, you know, again, when, when things go crazy... I was really on board, not because like I'm, I'm wishing for that to happen, but just because it's like I'm excited for things that I haven't seen before. And the way that it plays out was something that, you know, I it was it was pretty creative. But um, yeah, again, I those are I'm talking about like three parts of the movie that I was like genuinely like spooked about. And then other parts, I was just like, meh. Mm. Mm. All right. Yeah. Any other thoughts on Hereditary before we uh, move
2: on? Move uh, can we mention the I don't know it's beating dead horse, but can we mention what she does for a living? So sure. Yeah, yeah, that, let's, I, yeah. I thought I honestly I thought that was that was another I don't know who came up with that. Ari came up with it, but it, it, it basically she makes these these miniatures as art installation, mm-hmm. but they're they're used in the movie as a way to do a flashback without necessarily doing a flashback or or Shadow it without actually do or uh, reiterating something without actually having another scene. Yeah, all of the all of the, by, yeah, all of the artwork created by
1: all the artwork created by Tony Collette's character is representations of scenes from her life. Uh, right. which yes. was, and they look really <laughs> they're creepy but they're also yeah. like it fits right into this movie it's interesting
3: yeah i thought yeah. that was that was really unique i think on top of what you just said it also allows it, it shows pieces of her mental state without her having to say anything right. which right. is also really cool
2: right yeah. right like there's there's i there's something that she says that is kind of a weird thing to say and then we see oh that was the so awesome scene i love of that. It, and you're like wow that's a literal interpretation uh, <laughs> that was amazing and it's super disturbing yeah so
0: yeah. i, well, I, when, I when she said that i was like i i repeated to myself like did i hear that correctly yeah. <laughs> like
4: when
0: and then like later when you see the visual you're like i heard that correctly yeah right
2: so i thought that was really that was really unique that was really interesting
0: yeah uh, on the other hand, you don't know what Gabriel Byrne does except for drink at work. <laughs> he literally has, like, like one long email long yeah. in his outbox. Yeah, in yeah. yeah he's got one like, email. This in guy's
1: five. just really efficient at his work, apparently. He to <laughs> 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 Uh
0: But, no, I mean, like, uh, you know, I was talking to some buddies about this, too, and, again, the ideas of how everyone deals with it, whether, whether it's, like, Gabriel Byrne trying to keep a, a stone face at home, but he, he regresses to his office, um, whereas uh, Tony Collette's kind of like, she's really broken about so many things. So she kind of like finds comfort in strangers. And then the son is like, you know what? He just wants to like abuse his body because he just doesn't like anything that's happening. So it, it's very interesting on, on like, again, uh, additional levels. Um, and that's what I found very, I guess, cool about the movie.
1: I wanted to bring this up. We talked about this a little off air before you got on a, but, um, do you think, because this gets back to Gabriel Byrne, do you think Gabriel Byrne was the father of these kids? Like, Is it because
0: like, Alex Wolf doesn't look like any of them?
1: Yeah, that's initially how this came up, yes. So,
0: so I was also very confused about all of that too. And like Millie Shapiro, she kind of looks like Tony Klip, but not like Gabriel Byrne. And I was like, I'm not sure if they were just like, the acting is so good from these people that we have to cast them. Um, but at the same time, like I was like, it it is their children, I'm sure. Uh, cause in a certain light you're like, oh, the shaggy hair of Alex Wolf and Gabriel Byrne. Yeah, but <laughs> like, I
1: mean, he, and we discovered this as well. Gabriel Byrne is, he's 68, which is not something I would have guessed. Um, and, in real life, in real life and Tony Collette's 45. And now I'm not saying it's impossible for these two to have kids together or whatnot, but at the same time, it's like, I kept thinking, is he like the stepfather of these kids? Is like, I don't get a sense that like, he's like the first husband. In mm-hmm. all of this, like, and I kept. An interesting question. Now, I, I don't, I don't think it matters to this movie. I don't think it's yeah. specific, but I, I do wonder if that's like part of a backstory that we just don't really delve into too much. Because I kept thinking, it's like, how does he? Fit? I started to keep harping on G- Gabriel Byrne, just <laughs> like, <laughs> you, you
0: really hung up on this guy.
1: <laughs>
4: Again,
0: like when when I did when I I didn't see the credits and I didn't know that he was in the movie. So when I was watching it and he comes on the screen, I was like, he's gonna be some guy of importance, and. You know, he kind of is, or is it? It's kind of up to you. Well, he is the father. He's the <laughs> patriarch of the family, so I mean, it I, I kind it's kind it, of it, how the movie unfolds. It's like it's kind of up to you. I don't, I don't want to ruin anything, so it's like you know. But,
1: but I did keep. And then I'm thinking, well, if he is the stepfather, maybe like the first husband died, it just adds more baggage to Tony Collette's characters. Like, there's interesting mm-hmm. ways I think to think about it as I, far as. I feel like
0: I, I feel like if it was.
1: Or something uh, else could, hap-
0: something else well, could no, happen to her saying, second like, husband if, 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 that just, also makes
1: if, you think if, about things. Like, I don't know.
0: Sure, sure, sure. But I, I think the way that she's so open and honest during, like, uh, uh, an anonymous meeting, mm-hmm. she would it would have come out during that exposition.
1: Well, we didn't see all those meetings. We didn't, you know, cut for I time. Mean, we I we don't know.
0: <laughs> I, she to one of them and, like, basically give, gave her life story. So...
1: Well, she gave her life story about certain elements. I don't know. Yeah. I've, there's room there, but I, at the same time, it,
0: yeah, it's not important. That's uh, just... a question that we're gonna have to like DM to the uh, to to Aster. Ari. He's on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Ari, can you? We've uh, been arguing about this for hours now. Can you just? <laughs> you should,
1: no, well, you should draft this right away and send it to him. <laughs> He'll probably answer. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well. Uh, I, I know. Again, I know that you guys really enjoyed it, and I. I have nothing against that. It's just more like, I, I think if I watch it again, again, when I left the theater and I was thinking about throughout the, the course of a day and a night, I was like, I, I really do like some of these ideas, but again, it wasn't one of those things where Marcus, you mentioned, like you, it, you kind of kept you up at night. Um, like it really didn't for me. Um, Fair enough. So.
1: I think beyond the okay. scare factor, yeah. I just think there's a solid drama unfolding here, which is sure. what I sure. like. It's something uh, I, something I remember sure. we talked about sinister where, I really liked oh, yeah. the kind of drama going on with Ethan Hawke and his family over Mister Boogins hanging out, in the, yes. you know, in the attic doing whatever he's doing. It's like, well, all right, there's,
0: nice. there's one specific. I'm not talking about the the eight millimeter tips. I'm talking about like one specific sequence where I'm just like, I don't like where this is going. And it's like when he's walking through the hallway and you just see like shadow kids jumping out. Yeah, there's stuff, like, it's like I don't yeah, like this. I want to
1: get away from this. I want to get more of Ethan Huck arguing with his wife because like this this is really good acting going on right here.
0: Where this it's movie, it's a very bad movie if you think about uh, Sinister. He's like it's this washed up actor that wants to get famous again, and he he writes like true crime novels. So yeah, no, he it, goes it, 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 like, there's some uh, there's
1: uh, some the there's some neat things going on there, but like compared to that movie, this movie, I really like the horror element also, so that's... Sure. Yeah, yeah, I got you. It, That helps. <laughs>
4: that.
1: Yeah. Alright. I think we're good on this. Um, yeah. When should people go and see Hereditary? Let's start, let's start with Braun this time.
3: Uh, I recommend it in the theater. I think, particularly, one of the reasons is the the sound design. In mm-hmm. a theater, you can really get... There's some really good atmospheric sounds going on, and, and while you could obviously recreate that at home, at the home theater, or a good home theater, but... There's something about that theater experience that just, like, there's just some of these creepier moments that uh, that get you. Um, if you don't have to go to a screening that's, like, full of teenagers who oh, will be man. bored by Sorry this. I'm
1: like, well, sure well, they'll just walk out, though. So
3: <laughs> Yeah, it's very possible. Yeah. I, I saw it at, like, you know, 11 o'clock in the morning, and that was great for okay, me. It was, like, cool. five people in the theater for me. Yeah, uh, nice. So I didn't have to have one of those experiences, but I could see that. Everyone's like, oh, it's the hot horror movie. Let's go see it. And then halfway through, they're like, this isn't, you know, the jump scare fest that I'm used to. And they're, they're bored. So go see it in the theaters. Uh, I, I mean, go see it.
2: Marcus? I I went, I went to see, I went to see it in, uh, in, uh, in a theater with, it was me and my wife. And then there was probably about two other couples. And (laughs) at the end of the movie, they had walked out. So. (laughs) Maybe I'm I, I am in the minority here, but yeah, I would say go see it in the go see it in the theater. Okay. Uh, you may not like it at the end, you, you you may love it, but I think everybody should see it.
0: I think this is a solid HBO. What I mean by that is that it's unedited, plays throughout without no commercials. But you can definitely catch it at that point in time.
1: HBO reformats their framing on their movies. I can't support that whatsoever. Boo! Okay, (laughs) then then (laughs) (laughs) Blu-ray. Um... It's true. I mean, it, I see like Mad Max come on. It's like, why does what's, why? looks gross. What are you doing?
4: <laughs> just, it's just
1: like, I know what 235 looks like and this isn't it. But um, Anyway, <laughs> um, I, when I saw this movie, I tweeted that this is very much an A24 horror movie. And it is. It is a movie that is not conventional in terms of what one generally expects from certain horror movies. But it's still very good. I'm happy that it has the response it's had at the box office so far as far as... The kind of movie this is versus the kind of play it gets in theaters, and I would recommend seeing it in theaters. I much like uh, with uh, Ron and Marcus, you guys have said. I mean, those are reasons why. I mean, the sound design is phenomenal for a theater experience. I mean, you get the you know the best bang for your buck by seeing a movie like this that way. Um, I think it's incredibly well acted. I enjoy the story where it went and the horror elements. It's what I would want to see in an original horror property. Um, so yeah.
0: Theaters. Oh, oh! Can I mention one last thing about it? Nope, I'm we're sorry. moving
1: on. To, yeah, what,
0: what is it? <laughs> All right, see you guys. <laughs> what is it? Uh, the the last thing I want to mention about it is I, I think that there was actually a, a turn toward um, like the beginning of the third act um, that I really enjoyed, where it becomes like this protective story, and I was like, oh, this is something I haven't really seen before, and I'm really kind of glad to see it. Um, it it plays out um, pretty neatly, but at that point, I was like, oh, I. I I, I kind of like what's happening here. And then, you know, think other things happen. So. Okay. <laughs> I don't I don't know if you guys get the gist of what I'm saying. I know
1: saying. what you're saying. and We we usually we'll yeah. talk more about this off air because I want to know what, what the scenes that we were scared by. Um, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's, uh, let's move on now. Let's get to some at now feedback.
0: Feedback, feedback, feedback. Good.
1: Um, <laughs> each week, we go over the various questions on our Facebook page, Facebook.com. Now podcast, we go over a number of, uh, questions that I asked to listeners and they gave us answers, then they gave us some questions that we can uh, go and answers for ourselves. So let's, uh, let's do this. Uh, Braun, uh, Marcus, feel free to jump in with any answers if you have any. And uh, here we go. Uh, First up, uh, favorite films featuring an ensemble cast of women. Uh, Philip writes, our little sister, Matt writes, the descent, Greg writes, the craft, "Foxfire," and lost and delirious. Tammy writes, waiting to exhale and steal. Magnolia's, Christopher writes the women, the original, and hidden figures. And Chris writes How to Marry a Billionaire and
0: Bridesmaids. Millionaire.
2: <laughs> the Descent is great. I, I didn't even think of that, but that, that, was, great. Yeah. that was really good. The Descent yeah. is great. That's a fun one.
0: I talked to Aaron about it. Aaron's like, which ending did you see? And I was like, what are you talking about? I saw the ending of the movie. He's like, there's actually two of them. I was like, damn it. <laughs> um, I, 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 ensemble cast of women. Um... Yeah. Little women? Okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of like what hasn't been mentioned that's like still still okay.
2: The <laughs> plural is in the title.
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: <exactly. laughs>
3: yeah. Uh did you have anything, Braun? Um, I would I would echo The Craft, Foxfire. Yeah, those are pretty good movies. Nice. Uh,
0: next question, what is your favorite Sandra, uh, what are your favorite Sandra Bullock films? Uh, from the show, Alan writes, uh, "I like *A Time to Kill*. I also like the proposal far more than I care to admit." Uh, Renee writes, "Demolition Man." Christopher writes, "Speed, *The Net*, and *Practical Magic*." *The Net*. Renee also adds, <laughs> "Every
1: time *The, the net, net* comes up, I laugh." Was it 1994? 1995, I believe, and it was like dated, like you know, two days after it came out, oh, yeah. but it's still like it's fine, it's okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, Renee also uh, mentioned *Speed* again. Chris writes speed, gravity, and crash, probably in that order. Sarah uh, has... I'm not a huge chick flick fan, but two that I do like are Practical Magic and The Proposal. Tammy has speed, the blind side, and Hope Floats. Uh, DeRay has Bullock... Uh, wait... There's she put a she gift put a gif you? she put a Sandra a gif that I didn't know what it was exactly I couldn't
1: I couldn't okay. tell which movie it was
0: so DeRay if you could clarify which particular one that's from uh, let us know she's just like uh, dancing if... and I was like all right oh where she's dancing <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that's it's, some it, movie it's probably Miscongeniality too then <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, Justin, fabulous
0: yeah you know, Justin has almost everything she has been in I don't dislike any in particular Philip has extremely loud and incredibly close. Okay, um, <laughs> uh, gravity.
1: Um, good one. Gravi- I mean, gra- I mean, she's great in Gravity, and that movie is yeah. fantastic. And uh, sleep, sleep. Uh, Was it sleeping in? Uh... Sleep- or while you are sleeping? While you're sorry, sleeping sleep, sleep, sleep. while you're sleeping. <laughs> oh That's yeah, it's just a fun movie. It's a great movie. Yeah. with uh, Bill Pullman, Bill Pullman, and Peter Gallagher's eyebrows and Peter yeah. Gallagher, both of them. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's good.
0: <laughs> uh, I definitely want to echo Speed. That she's very good in that. Yeah, Speed's great. I mean, we have a commentary for speed, so. and, and yeah. In addition to the rewatchability, which is very high, it, it just adds that nobody is like terrible in the movie.
1: It's even higher because we have a commentary for it.
0: <laughs> That's very true. That's very
2: true.
0: <laughs> uh, Marcus and uh, and uh, Brian, do you guys have any favorite Sandra Bullock movies?
2: Uh, I kind of like the proposal.
0: Is that the one with Ryan
2: Reynolds? Yeah, yes. this is the one with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, it's goofy and nonsense, but. I kinda dug it. I've seen it like twice. It. I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, uh, two times more than a lot of people <laughs> uh,
3: I would say I would say Gravity, she's great in that. Um there's a there's a movie called Murder by Numbers that she's in that's yeah. absolutely horrible. With yeah. uh, gosling, I, right? With young baby yeah, goose. I, I I hated Murder by Numbers so much that it became great and I, and <laughs> she is her, the, the writing and, and everything about her character is so bad in that movie that it's totally, totally watchable.
1: Is it as good as The Premonition?
3: Oh, The Premonition. <laughs> what a title. <laughs> It is as good as the
2: premonition. <laughs> is that the one where she has a premonition? <laughs>
4: no, it's actually the one where she has a nightmare. Uh, <laughs> okay. so, now,
0: moving on. Wait, No, no. no, no. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs>
1: there are more jokes to be had from
4: this movie. Than... <laughs> okay, I'm good. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: uh, um... I'm also trying to decipher the 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 GIF that Dara sent, and I'm not really yeah, sure. Cinderella dancing in a in a mustard sweater with a scarf on in the forest. Um, anyway, it's the probably a <laughs> <laughs> It Must be. You know
1: what? T- you know what's a good yeah. movie? The Lake House. That's a good one.
0: With, uh, uh, her, also with uh, her and Keanu again.
1: Yeah.
0: Is that, that's a time travel movie? It's the
1: time travel one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. What childhood TV show really spoke to you and taught you something? This is in relation to
1: um, uh, the Mr. Rogers uh, yeah, documentary. Yeah, Want You Be My Neighbor,
0: which came out this week. Was, was, was it in limited release it's or in, wide yeah, release? In release? Yeah, it's a limited release. Scott writes, not a children's program, but the Andy Griffith show always had a life lesson in each episode. There was comedy, of course, but Barney Fife providing the humor, with Barney Fife providing the humor, but mostly the moral lessons came from Andy and Opie. <laughs> Front of the show, Jim D. writes, "Mr. Rogers taught me to value myself and others." To a kid in my upbringing situation, that was that lesson was crucial. Chris has the A team taught me to make stuff and get out of a sticky situation. Uh, Front of the show, Adam writes, "Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. He's the only hero. That's a celebrity that's never let me down." Greg has, I feel like Beavis and Bitehead is the right answer, but it's my only answer is not the right answer, but it's my only answer. Justin has Romper Room and me, Mr. Rogers. Uh, I think wait, wait. He misspelled romper room, and, romper room and Mr. Rogers was what I watched. Steven has... I remember this episode of Mr. Rogers. It was when they tried to fire... They tried... I remember this episode of Mr. Rogers. It was when they <laughs> tried firewalking. This was the after shot. Cynthia writes Sesame Street. Renee has Saved by the Bell. Jason has Batman. Manish has Arthur, the only guy that got me through grade school. And lastly, yeah. Nathan has reading motherfucking rainbow.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did you guys have any childhood uh, TV shows that really spoke and taught you stuff?
2: Uh, Doug. Doug.
0: Yeah,
2: I yeah, no, I learned when you make a when you make a mixtape, <laughs> you have to come out and get the get the tape, or else you're oh. gonna get your tapes mixed up, and your tape is gonna go. Uh, to a slumber party.
4: <laughs> I don't
2: know. It's <laughs> going to, to Go be Find <laughs> yeah. the girl you have a crush on. Did
3: you need to take this lesson to heart at some
2: point? I'll say Rocco, Rocco's Modern Life because it taught me laundry day sucks.
0: A lot of, lot of Nickelodeon.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, <laughs> I,
1: I would add Mr. Wizard. Mr. Wizard. Yeah, okay. there there are things that I learned from Mr. Wizard. I I still think about as far as I know that because of that show. Uh, yeah,
3: Ron, um, Bill Nye, um, That's okay, yeah. um, uh, irreplaceable part of my childhood. It, you know, along with Mr. Wizard as well. Like the science shows for nerds. That was that was my jam. Even uh, what's his name. Uh, Beekman's World? Yeah, World? Yeah, Beekman's yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Dude, Bill Nye.
3: Yeah, I, I enjoyed that too. Lots I of, really uh, like
0: Beekman's World. There. It was very clever things. I'm going to add The Simpsons. Uh, the Simpsons taught me a lot about just like pop culture, but also the early the early seasons where it was like very like they had some morals with the family. Very, very good. In season, I forget which one, but uh, the one with Mother Simpson still makes me sad. So Um, a lot of them do that's higher up there
1: that's gotta be like five or six at that point
0: yeah but uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of like really uh, again like my all-time like one of my all-time favorites is when bart loses his soul and he has to go on this like Hmm. night journey and that's like one of my favorite episodes of all time um especially like you know the, the the his his belief uh in his spirituality is very moving so um those are both anyway. season
1: seven episodes. I just looked
0: up. They're, they're both oh, there. Both you seven. go. Season seven. Yeah. In addition to everything that everyone mentioned here, obviously, but um, yeah, some of them certainly make a very lasting impression. Geez, season seven's got some like all time classics. <laughs> like looking at just this list, it's like, oh my god, yeah. seven and eight I can watch on the,
1: on loop. Oh seven yeah, and eight. Oh, the, I mean, you could start naming some of these episodes from. Two through nine, it's like oh god, every one of these I yeah. know like by heart. Um, next question: Favorite films about a father-daughter relationship. This is in relation to Hearts Beat Loud. Uh, Patrick writes, "Does Taken count? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Taken two, I think, would be the better example since they're communicating by phone and you know the no by grenade phone by grenade. Well, they have to <laughs> by phone, and yes, he has to have him toss grenades or have her toss grenades so she can pinpoint. I, location. I don't know
0: the city that I'm in right now, but if you toss a grenade, I'll know exactly which way is northeast.
1: That's father-daughter relationship right there. Um, <laughs> chris writes kick-ass uh, with nick cage and chloe moretz oh, yeah and yeah. Uh, and paper moon um very similar <coughs> uh but no i think paper moon's a great movie um justin has i am sam christopher has pretty in pink scott has the devil's advocate and philip has <laughs> late spring okay that's uh, a any, wide variety of anthracite yeah. uh, <laughs> uh,
0: any other father-daughter
1: relationship movies um, I'll I mean I I'm a big fan of Paper Moon I think that movie's pretty fantastic so I'll one up not one up but I'll I'll support that also with Matchstick Men.
0: Okay. Nice. Yeah.
3: Okay. Um I Little Miss Sunshine it's kind of more ensemble but there's a father daughter relationship yeah. in there that I like. Sure. Yeah, Paper Moon. Okay. I'll go with that. Awesome. All
2: right. Uh
0: next question, what is your favorite what what are your favorite horror films revolving around family? Uh, This is in relation to, obviously, Hereditary. Jeff has A Quiet Place. Vincent has The Exorcist. Justin has Poltergeist. Halloween counts, right? Yes, it would count. Um, Luke has Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Chris writes uh, Beat Me To It, Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Greg has, really like, both versions of uh, We Are What We Are. Misha has Don't Look Now. Catherine writes Poltergeist. Susan writes Insidious. Philip has Pan's Labyrinth. Lastly, Christopher writes Psycho.
1: Uh, yeah I, I, there's a lot of great answers there I'll text a chance on massacre is a good one very much a family affair
4: <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs>
0: uh, I'll add the burbs nice well yeah. ah, there uh, you go That's good that family scares me <laughs>
3: <clears throat> I was gonna mention while uh Abe, while you were talking about the family dynamic in hereditary I was gonna say don't look now I think is a good example of a yeah. family dealing with yeah. recent loss and there's like a lot of drama in the movie, but some some freaky stuff. If you haven't seen it, it's a it's, it's a remarkable movie.
1: Yeah, don't don't look now. And Rosemary's Baby are clear influences on Hereditary for sure. Mm, mm-hmm. Don't look
3: now. Uh, there's there's
1: some stuff in that one. <laughs>
4: no, yeah,
1: yeah.
3: Uh, and to that list, I would add I would add Your Next. Uh, oh, I think it oh has. yeah.
0: That's a very good. That's a cool, clever answer.
3: There's, there's some there's some family stuff going on in that one. That's for sure. <laughs> some
0: weird family stuff.
3: Yeah.
1: All right, Uh, next question we have here. Uh, what kinds of horror movies scare you the most or the least? Uh, Gary writes, subtle, quiet horror. Slow, slow, growing tension really gets under my skin. Eric writes, anything influenced by Lovecraft. Annihilation is a recent example, along with the psychological horror like Session 9. Great movie. Uh, Emma has a whole story here. The most terrified I have ever been was when I first saw The Ring. I was about 16, and I was absolutely petrified. Before that, I could watch any horror movies. My cousins and I would rent or buy the cheesiest and weird horror It became a hobby. After The Ring, I couldn't watch anything scary anymore. Eric also mentioned Session 9, as he has done before, and I agree with him. That is, was a psychological horror, but expertly done. It was a movie that I didn't realize I liked so much until I was telling my mom about it. I do still love a psychological horror thriller, especially with a great story. (laughs) Okay, um... Jay writes, a friend of the show, Jay writes, most uh, body horror or torture, least ghost, demons, anything that doesn't exist. (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm, (laughs) Chris writes, most psychological and torture, least over-the-top gore. Susan writes, fucking Pennywise did it for me, still have nightmares about that garage (laughs) scene. Uh, Justin writes, poltergeist, that's why I voted against it, that stupid clown and tree, (laughs) also the thing. I am like, A, pretty much don't like horror, but I watch it.
0: Cool. Thanks, Justin. I appreciate the uh, the show's support. I, I want to I wanna go back to Chris's comment really quickly. He likes, the one thing that he likes most is psychological and torture, and then the least is, like, over-the-top gore. And I was like, you know, sometimes, that's kind of hand-in-hand with some of the torture some, stuff. Yeah, sometimes it can overlap with the torture. <laughs> but, um... so, so, Chris, get on you for, for differentiating in your mind. But, I mean, like,
1: Braun watched the Murder by Numbers a bunch. I mean, that seems like <laughs> torture. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yes, and then he learned to love it. <laughs> oh, it's it's amazing. Uh, we've mentioned this many times on the show through our October stuff and throughout the rest of the series when we watch movies. Uh, but I'm not a big fan of like really true to life kind of things like home invasion stuff or whatever the case is. Um, as then it gets to you. As then it gets to me. Yeah, and then you know some of my most favorite are like the psychological stuff. I mean, Sense of the Land is one of my favorite horror movies, and so is Halloween. Uh, where it's like it's simple, but also I mean, Halloween is more simple, um, and it's like just kind of more or less not dealing with anything ultra supernatural. Um, and Santa's Lambs, is just like psychologically, it's it's uh, so well done, it's so complete.
1: Uh, getting to scaring me, I don't know if it's scaring me exactly, but creepy kid movies do tend to get to me, mainly because it's more of a frustration thing than an actual scare thing, because there's always like. There's only one character that understands that there's a creepy kid, and everybody else is like, "Oh, you're you're silly. Whatever. I don't believe you." It's so I'm like, "That's not true." It's like I'm stuck in this Kafka esque world
0: where everything around me
1: doesn't agree with the fact that you can very plainly see how evil this thing is.
0: Yeah. Um, so
1: I like simplicity as that, well.
0: You would think that Damien's barber would tell his parents that there's like weird something weird on his scalp. <laughs> <I> think so. <laughs>
1: think?
0: But then he's probably dead. Now. <laughs> Thanks, Abe. <laughs> i talking about the barber I'm talking about the barber <laughs>
4: no I got it,
2: <laughs> uh, is it, it I, I usually don't prefer any any horror movies that uh, are, are, have a mouth being sewn to anuses
0: <laughs> oh, so that eliminates at least three movies
2: <laughs> <laughs> at
0: least three movies I mean, you don't like it for that concept or you don't like it because the movie is bad
2: uh, both, a little both. Yeah, both, <laughs> with the answer to that question. <laughs> <A little laughs> <of both>. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> do you have one that you like?
2: What? Um, th- Something that really scares me is uh, uh, the reason that I like, I love uh, Halloween, is pursuit, like just somebody that's coming and they're just coming and there's like no way to stop this person. So that's, okay. that's kind of a terrifying thought. Interesting, all right.
0: Alright, uh last question was uh favorite Jodie Foster roles. This is in relation to Hotel Artemis. Justin has Silence of the Lambs, Maverick, and Contact. Sarah writes uh, N and the King. Manisha has Panic Room. Philip has I have a soft spot for a Little Man Tate. <laughs> Chris writes Contact and Silence of the Lambs. Tyler has Taxi Driver and Silence of the Lambs. Eric has Contact and Silence of the Lambs.
1: I did not see Silence of the Lambs coming as the answer to most of this, but I still wanted to ask the question anyway. <laughs> Um <laughs> and yeah, Silence of the Lambs is obviously a pretty, uh, pretty terrific film. Um, I, I I do think she's very good in Contact.
4: Hmm. Think well,
1: Contact in general is you know pretty damn solid. And yeah. Taxi Driver is a pretty obvious answer as well. But so. uh,
0: she was
3: super young in that movie, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: Any other favorite uh,
3: Jodie Foster movies? Nothing that's on that
1: list. Uh, Nell.
4: No. No. <laughs> Jesus!
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just want—I just want people to know that she's done a lot of movies, including some that aren't
4: very good. <laughs> Let yeah. me just
1: read this before we move on. Uh, Murder by Numbers was screened at the 2002 Kane Film Festival, but was not entered into competition. <laughs> <laughs> just made me laugh. <laughs>
4: um,
1: okay. All right. Let's get to some questions that you guys asked us now that we can provide some answers to.
0: Manish starts this one off. He, says, he asks Who would you add to
1: Oceans 9 and 10?
0: It's a great question. I basically have to go through Lord of the Rings, so I'd have to add uh, Rosie, the Rose <laughs> is Rosie. I don't know who she is, uh, and then I'd also add somebody from like uh, uh, more of like the Batman franchise because Anne Hathaway is there. So it'd have to be in the Nolan universe. So I'd have to add um, uh, Juno, Tem- uh, Juno uh, from uh, Juno, <laughs> Ellen Page. That was a weird
1: road to take, but okay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: The and obvious answer is Kevin Hart. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Correct. I mean, Dame Judi Dench, I think, would you know, just fit right into this world. Yeah. And why not Whoopi? Just put Whoopi in there.
4: Yeah. T- sure. Tiffany
2: Haddish. Yeah.
3: These are all great. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. Um, I, I like actually that the Dame Judi Dench. I like the idea of adding in like the ocean's mother or some matriarch something that can maybe as a villain even to to play off of some distinguished female actress who they, they can play off of
1: there's also something that seems a little more obvious which is you know the wives of the guys in the oceans <laughs> movies julia roberts and Catherine santa jokes yeah. since yeah. they were left out to dry in this movie apparently
0: um <laughs> uh, all right uh, next question from Justin. I have a question but forgot, so I'm gonna go with San Dimas High School football rules. <laughs> uh, good job, Justin. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. You 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 may or may not have passed high school I don't know if that football player did. I don't I don't know we don't know it was a grade boys. Well that's that's Bill and Ted, I maybe mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna guess that he passed. Well
1: of course they passed. They had to they had to pass no, so no, they no, could not, save not, the universe.
0: Not Bill and Ted. I'm talking about <laughs> specifically that football player that says that. Oh, that school. says
1: it in the movie. Yeah. 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 All right, Um, important stuff. Uh, Next question is from Philip. Do any of you have experience with milestone films? I'm wondering if their Blu-ray releases and restoration work is on par with Criterion. Um, Honestly, I had not heard of Milestone until you mentioned it, so I did some research. And they certainly have a lot of obscure titles. I'm not sure about the restoration process, but, I mean, there's there's stuff to look for there, obviously, if you have an interest in you know, kind of a variety of different foreign films that you might not be able to find in any other means. It's something to look into. I can't just give them the lack of my own knowledge of Milestone. I I can't say it's probably it's on par with Criterion, which certainly you know puts in all, a ton of effort and has the resources to do so. Not to put down Milestone, since I hardly know anything about them, but I just I don't know. I can't. I couldn't. I couldn't say offhand.
0: I also didn't know much about it until I saw this and I looked it up and I was like, yeah, these are a lot of titles that. Um, i haven't really heard of before a lot of like very very old like classic films uh, from like the 30s 40s and 50s kind of thing um so i i don't know it's the, a good question but... the,
1: the thing to keep in mind about these kind of i don't know how to refer to them they the kind of the other other distribution centers beyond just like studios putting out Blu-rays or you know, things that kind of take on retro releases and classic films and what have you, is that there is, it takes a lot, it requires a certain budget to make these restorations or what have you. And Criterion is well known because they have so much involvement from a lot of filmmakers, a lot of actors and what have you, where they can afford to, uh, to put together this kind of thing. Um, And there's other ones like, you know, shout factory or Kino or, um, Twilight time, like that they, you know they, for, through various means, some of them work out better than others. But uh, milestone, yeah, I'm sure it's, it, it must be doing its thing. It has, a, I saw its a library certainly has a large collection of films. But I, yeah, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know as far, I don't have any, I don't, I don't own any personally to know if the the restoration work is on on par with some of the other ones that are in the same sure. kind of business. But good yeah. question. I I I yeah. I, be, I now know of this, and I'm I'm curious to look into it more. So thank you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, thanks Philip. Yeah. Let's move on now. Let's get to our let's get what what what, what time is it, Abe? That was feedback, feedback, feedback.
0: I think it's time for games. Oh. <laughs> Let her know, in fact that's actually a part of a secret music box that if you find it in one of the rooms that to- Tony Collette's working on, you understand the full meaning of the movie. <laughs> um, <so. laughs> I've got a game for you guys, it's called Mom. You're scaring me. Uh, I like this already. What I'm going to do, <laughs> <laughs> do is I'm going to name a movie and I want you to give me. Uh, you can steal if you know the first and last name of the character's name in that movie, the mother in question in that movie. And these are kind of like themed around like overbearing, kind of like evil mothers, <laughs> Uh, some of them are very easy, so it might be like a lightning round of, of things. But uh, again, so, I'm going to name okay. a movie. Mm-hmm. You buzz in with your name, and you tell me, if you can, the full name. If somebody knows the full name and you only know the first name, I'm going to uh, have to give the of, point to the person who knows of, the full of name. Of the character? Of the overbearing mother. Yeah, the character's the ca- name. So not the, not the actress. Not the actress. The overbearing yeah. mother's name. Oh. So here we go. Okay. All right. Rosemary's Baby. What's the name? Well, what's the last name, I guess, That's is the like, question. This is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is why, yeah, this is why it's the Rose. first question. I mean, hey, yeah, you can buzz in and say that, and if nobody knows it, you get the point, so come on. Uh,
3: Braun. Braun. Rosemary.
0: That, yeah, does anyone know the last name? I was
2: going to say that. <laughs>
0: uh, Johnson. That is incorrect.
2: I'm going to say Marcus uh, DeWitt.
0: It is Woodhouse. That's actually kind of close. <laughs> yeah. You
2: need an actual actress. It's kind of close. Good job. <laughs> yeah. I it. should get points for
0: that. Uh, next one here, Psycho.
1: Aaron.
2: Aaron.
0: Um, Ooh. um don't like this delay here.
1: Well I'm trying, well now I got stuck. I got the wrong thing stuck in my head because I'm trying to go that damn TV show.
0: Um oh, God.
1: Mrs. Five, Bates,
0: four, um, three. Norma Bates. There you uh, go,
2: Ma Bates.
0: <laughs> Norma Bates is correct. And that is correct. Yeah, Norma Bates is correct. Yeah, Norma. Norma. Okay. Yeah. Her son's name. Wait, is what did you say? Mama Bates? No, I said Norma Bates.
1: <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I just because I thought Norman Bates, and I was like, wait, her mother her mother, no, named, yes, her mo- her mother Norma, Bates. named her son Norman. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, it, it's almost like people who name their, their Thomas who names their kids Thompson, um, or, so. or, or Willow Smith oh. and Jaden Smith. <laughs> imagination names, just like uh, that. some somebody <laughs>
1: just realized that that's a thing. Somebody just somebody just realized that they're named after their parents. <laughs>
0: All right, next one here, Carrie. Oh,
1: oh, jeez. Uh. I keep like they, they, to me they don't have names like it's just Mama. <laughs> like, in yeah. Movie,
4: like, <laughs>
1: Ah,
0: the character. And the uh, first name guess. Because, like, I know all the actors in these things. Like, it's Piper Laurie, but, like, what's her name? Yeah, uh, this is why the game is hard, because you have to name the characters. Because <laughs> yeah. I could have gone with that. That would have been too easy. You would know all these. What's Carrie's last name? <laughs> I,
1: can't, I, cannot.
2: <laughs> I can't tell you that. I can't think
1: of her first name. Maybe that'll help.
2: Uh,
1: Washington. <laughs> last name is White. White.
2: White.
0: Oh,
1: yeah. Elaine? <laughs>
0: That is incorrect. Okay. Anybody else?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The answer, the correct answer is Margaret White. Ah, uh, there we go. Okay. Abe gets that one. I'll say
1: this. This is the toughest game you've made in a while. Another
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome? Yes, you're yes. <laughs> one here. I also really, I'm, I'm also very proud of the, 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 game, the title game. Yeah, I'm, game
1: I'm, I'm so happy so far that you haven't run out of ideas like you sometimes do, so this is good.
0: <laughs> Next one here, Black Swan. Uh,
1: Mrs. Man. Swan played uh,
0: by you guys know who the actress is is it Barbara Hershey it's Barbara Hershey but what's the yeah. character's name
1: uh, what's Portman's character's name <laughs> <laughs> this is a hard game
2: she's the black swan right she's black yeah black yeah black. Well, it's That's either her or Mila God.
1: Kunis you know <laughs> Yeah, it's not Winona Ryder
0: she's the crazy swan it is not Winona Ryder <laughs> <laughs> the <crazy swan. laughs> And Natalie Portman's first name in the movie is Nina. Oh, God, um, uh, I just answering the question. What's her whole name? Because that did not help. <laughs> her full name is Nina Sayers. Sayers.
2: Barbara Sayers. Ooh, close.
0: <laughs> Beverly Sayers. Bron or Aaron. Of Aaron Beverly Sayers. It, ooh, so close! It's not it, Beverly. It's
1: a B name, bro. And I'm give, we gave you the <laughs> hints. We gave
3: you all the clues. you are
0: with the bees. are with the bees. Just like Val Kilmer, them. we
1: gave you all the clues. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, if it's not Barbara, it's not Beverly. Uh, Deborah.
0: Ooh, one letter off. It's Erica Sayers. Uh-huh. What? How is that close? You <laughs> <laughs> so, well, moved from the B's, he went to the D. And I thought it'd it be
2: a B, B still. Is. Why would it be close?
1: Why would you think Erica? would Alright, alright, alright. Here we, are, here Don't we go. Don't say
2: we're close if <laughs> we're like four letters off. Can you just uh, give me a point and ask me like, Steph Curry's mom's name? I know, I
0: know <laughs> that one. Uh, I'll, I'll, that would be a bonus one. No, the <laughs> Next one here. You guys should be on the buzzer. So Friday the 13th. What's...
1: Oh. <laughs> What's, what's Mrs. Voorhees'
4: name? Yeah, all <laughs> you know? I know it's Mrs.
1: Voorhees. And, like, the actress is what? Pamela? What's her name? Uh...
0: Okay. Come on. <laughs> this
3: is... <crazy>. Jacinda
1: Voorhees. <laughs> Come
0: on.
1: It's Sonia Curry. What did, what did you say, Aaron? <laughs> J- Jacinda. <laughs>
0: Jacinda? Yeah,
1: Jacinda and Jason. No, 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 no. no, no.
0: <laughs> Just to go back to what you were saying earlier.
1: Is it Pamela Voorhees?
0: No, no, no. no. Before that.
1: <laughs> Is it Beverly Voorhees?
0: <laughs> no, no, no. You said, you said uh, there's a specific part that you call somebody. Mrs. When... Voorhees? Yes!
1: That's her whole name.
0: <laughs> that's what she's listed as. Oh, okay. Mrs. Other places <laughs> I found Pamela Voorhees as well, but I was like, well, I mean, you know, that's interesting. Next one here. Coraline. <laughs>
4: Other mother. <laughs>
0: <laughs> full full
1: Aaron. The other mother.
0: <laughs> that is correct. Other mother is the name of the list.
1: Betsy Palmer's. Oh, Betsy Betsy Palmer's Mrs. Mommy uh,
0: uh, uh
2: Marcus. Marcus.
0: Ooh, I heard Braun though. I heard Braun. Uh, Joan. He Joan Crawford is correct. Next one here. The hand that rocks the cradle
1: who remembers the names of Hand the uh, who remembers her name who remembers <laughs> Rebecca you know DeBo- yes Rebecca DeBourne. <laughs> who
0: remembers her name in the hand the box the cradle uh, side clue it's the last name uh the last name is is related to one of the Simpsons characters is neighbors
1: Nora Flanders I
2: don't know <laughs> <laughs> Close.
0: uh brana Margus?
2: wanda durant Ooh, nice.
0: that is unfortunately incorrect
3: uh, uh random first name flanders
0: uh that's the closest uh, it's peyton flanders of course peyton yeah there you go oh yeah next one here the babadook
1: S. E. davis <laughs> yeah. Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Duke.
4: <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: That's how she got the inspiration. Yeah.
4: The, the
0: mama Duke.
1: You know what? Her, her first name is Amelia. I know that. I can remember that. You want to buzz in? Aaron. Amelia.
0: That is what she's listed as. Okay. Um, I, I, last...
1: I, for the life of me, I could not remember the last name of
0: that character. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think she was given one, but it is Amelia. I'm sure here, she right? probably had one. I just can't think yeah. of it, yeah. Last one here, Dead Alive.
1: Oh, Dead Alive, the Peter Jackson film.
0: Um, what does she have? Name of the overbearing... Aaron. Mom. Aaron. Is it just Mum? What? Is it just Mum? It is not just Mum. Okay, so she has a name.
2: Does have a name. CC huh. Spacek.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna, like... D- does anyone else have a, have a steal? N- no. I'm gonna give it to Aaron because it's also Mum, but it's Vera Crosgro- C- Cros- Cosgrove.
1: Okay, because I can remember, like, Lionel is the son, and then he just calls her mother Mum. I know the his yes. girlfriend's name is Paquita. It- 'Cause you can't get Paquita. That's a fun that's a fun game to say.
0: <laughs> you no, know, I'm actually very proud of you, Aaron. You you actually got like five of these correct. You are the winner of okay, this good. game.
1: Okay, yeah. good. <laughs> but... I'm proud of you. You made a good game.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know if I should take that as a compliment or blank. You should take it as a compliment.
1: <laughs> I mean you gotta re you got was... you, you gotta research the answers of their questions to make a game, but we play a lot of the same games when you make games. You made an original
0: game here. I like it. It's kinda tough. And so that was Mom, you're scaring
2: me. Nice. <laughs> How many points did I score?
0: Uh, Marcus, you got zero. But let me ask you let me ask you a bonus question. I just to get you on the board. Marcus, what is the name of Stephen Curry's mother?
2: Sonia. Marcus. Sonia. Checking, checking the judges. <laughs> full, full name? Sonia Curry.
4: I am like, I'm waiting.
0: You have to get full names here. Marcus, you are on the board with one point. Congratulations. Nice.
4: <laughs> Thank you. All right,
0: let's. That was
1: Gabe. That was Gabe. Good job. Let's let's start. Uh, let's start wrapping things up here.
2: Uh, yes, let's.
1: All right, let's do a little out now. Present now. These are movies that are coming out on Blu-ray or DVD this week, or 4K. I should start adding that into the script more. Um, first up, Tomb Raider. Uh,
0: it's it's, it's, it's I. Never saw it.
1: I think yeah. it's bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there. How about that. how About them apples. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, uh, The Strangers, Pray at Night The sequel
0: I think you mentioned a really cool pool sequence There yeah. is a
1: very cool pool That makes it worth renting alone Now that it's on Blu-ray like, That makes it worth it right there The pool sequence in that movie I mean, the whole movie is fine Like I think it's pretty good for what it's doing It's not yeah. at, up to par with The Strangers But there's a pool sequence that's pretty, pretty great Okay uh, Love, Simon um, I
0: think it was okay
2: Yeah, it was good It was good
0: uh, Sherlock Gnomes. Uh, sure, when? <laughs> for the kids.
1: I, Brandon Peters, friend of the show, reviewed this, and he said, it is terrible. <laughs> so, oh, <all> right. <laughs> as a person that has to put up with lots of kids' movies for his children, this was, like, the pits for him. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. I can only imagine. I believe this is one of the faith-based ones for Dennis Quaid. I think this one got, like, pretty good reviews. Uh, what was the name of it? I can only imagine. I believe it's like about a, like a country singer. Oh, okay. And Dennis Quaid's hmm, okay. like like one of the big actors that's in it. Um, okay. Whatever, it was like it was like a hit. And it had like stronger views than normal for some of these. But, uh, okay. Let's see. Loveless. This was up for best foreign language Oscar. I believe this is the same director as uh, um. God, I can't remember. It's the Russian one. Um.
0: What's that one all about?
1: I can't even recall what it's about. It's probably very dramatic. Lo- Loveless. Yeah, Loveless.
0: Okay. Um,
1: all right. That's gotcha. it. Okay. Next one trying to think about that other because I really like his first movie and that's why I wanted to see this one. Regardless, uh, next up, Coming to America, 30th Anniversary Edition and Trading Places, 35th Anniversary Edition.
0: Wow, good yes. job. Yeah, Leviathan.
1: Leviathan, thank you. Thank you. Okay, good movie. I like Leviathan. That's why I was like, I gotta see that level. It's probably gonna be really depressing and long, but still. Anyway, Eddie Murphy's funny. Let's about talk about him for a second. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a <suit>,
4: man. <laughs> <laughs> ha <Ha-ha>. ha. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, Th- those are really good. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see, on 4K this week, The Darkest Hour, um, and Forrest Gump. Okay. okay. And Terminator Genesis. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, no pass. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, all three of those are on 4K. That's what is
0: in that movie for two seconds.
1: <laughs> that, that took a turn. Uh, let's see, Orange is the New Black Season 5. I've heard good things. Uh, let's see, George Carlin Commemorative Edition. Sure, why not? Yeah, sure. Giant (laughs) Blu-ray box set full of George Carlin stand-up. Why not? That sounds amazing. And lastly, in Shout Factory, Ninja 3, colon, The Domination.
0: Is that also starring uh, the original one from Ninja?
1: No, it is very disconnected from the previous two Ninja films. It is completely its own thing, yet still fits within the
0: franchise. Um, Like Halloween 3. Yeah,
1: it's a a cult classic. Um, Perfect for Shout Factory, so there you go. Uh, that's ex- that's what's out now. Let's move on to extremely cool. These things are now streaming on Netflix and Prime. Uh, first, up on Netflix, we have Sense Eight, the series finale. Um, I know this, I've heard good things. The show was can't This is the Wachowski bro- the-, the Wachowski siblings uh, series, uh, which I know was since canceled, but got to have this like series finale. And um, what else? Portlandia season eight, which I also believe is the final season. I've heard good things. Uh, let's see. And on Prime this week, Braven. This is with Jason Momoa where he, like, throws axes and gets into all kinds of stuff. I-, I wanted to see this. I was supposed to get this to review on Blu-ray. I never got it, so I was disappointed. But it's on Prime now for free, so who's got the last laugh now?
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> no one has to write up a thousand words on that one, guys. I just get to enjoy it not for no me, reason. Anyway. Jason Momoa tossing axes at people. I think Stephen Lang's in there also. I think they're like father and son, because nice. why not? It is on Pro- Yeah, it's on there now yeah. as I recorded this uh all right that's extremely cool next week's show next week we're talking incredible you know yeah
0: i just realized that Stephen lang is in a movie called don't breathe yeah which you saw and, and then he's, on he's shooting at people on on a planet where he can't breathe without a uh oxygen mask oh anyway a, an avatar yeah an avatar avatar <laughs> so i guess he's just not breathing in any of his movies
3: <laughs> Moving on, I think, I think he was breathing and don't breathe. Yeah,
1: pretty sure he was
0: human. True, yeah.
2: <laughs> he can't, he couldn't see. Well, yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, this has been more science, of Abe's thoughts.
4: Tangent of
1: Man, it is late. Um, <laughs> let's get back to the actual show. Next week's show, we're talking Incredibles two. Okay. Still incredible.
0: Yeah, happy happy to go check it out.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's what we're going to cover next week. I'm excited to do that because we should. It's Incredibles too. It's about time. All right. Last thing we do here, what should people go and see now, and what do you plan to see next? sir? Uh, Marcus. Marcus, what should people see in theaters right now?
2: Of course, Deadpool 2. Everybody should see this multiple times. Uh, multiple <laughs> viewings. <laughs> Buy as many tickets as you can, even if nobody shows up.
0: Oh, that's I'll a say, very nice uh, pay it forward kind of thing. I'll say this yeah, right yeah. now:
2: it is
4: it
1: is making quite a bit of money. It's not, I mean, until other movies come out, you are doing quite well on the summer gamble. I'll give you that. <laughs>
2: I'm just saying, Deadpool two, it's it's worth uh, it's worth twelve bucks. Especially. All right. <laughs> All
1: right. What are you seeing next? <laughs> uh Incredibles two. Braun, what, what should people go and see in theaters right now? Uh, I would recommend Hereditary,
3: but. I think it's. Uh, I think we we talked enough about it already, but yeah, you know, go check that out. Um, there's more Miyazaki movies coming up through. You know, there's like one a month. So Pom Poco is the next one. Go check that out next week. And I th- I want to see American Animals. That looks really interesting. It's good, yeah. Uh, Things like a really cool premise, really really uh, uniquely shot. Um, so I, I'm hoping to check that out. And uh, obviously, I'm gonna see Incredibles too. Uh, yeah.
0: Great, Abe. Recommend Ocean's Eight if you haven't seen it. If you haven't seen Avengers: Infinity War, go see that. Um, and then next, Incredibles Two, and like what Ron just mentioned, American Animals. I definitely want to check that out. I think it's supposed to spread a little bit wider
4: here next yeah, week.
1: It should be spreading a little wider. I would recommend it. I, that is a film that I am a fan. Of. Excuse me, am a fan of. Um, I'd recommend Hereditary, uh, because it is a solid horror experience, and I'd recommend Hotel Artemis, honestly, just because it's gonna bomb. It already is bombing, and it's like, well. They made this. It's well done. I liked what I saw. I, 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 I'm I, happy that people should go, you know, recommend people go see it while it's still around. Uh, before it becomes that movie that, you know, remember when this was released 20 years ago? Pieces on, you know, the internet? Like, <laughs> people just see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, like,
0: uh, just like they're going to talk about Dread in like a couple years now.
1: Yeah. Uh, next, I am seeing Three Identical Strangers,
0: a documentary I am very much oh, forward to. Oh, that looks very good.
1: Yeah, I, I am very much looking forward to it. I'll be happy to talk about it next week on the show. Um, but with that, that's going to do it for this week's episode about now. If Aaron and in name, you can find more of my work on my personal, blog, the where you can find my, all my written reviews. You can also find me at Y blue. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Aaron's PS four. I'm trying to think of what else I have going on. I know there's something, Oh, I am going to start writing about preacher at we live entertainment. Uh, mm. cause I do like to cover some TV every now and again, and that show is starting up soon. So yeah. Uh, it-
0: you can find more fun stuff over on my Instagram, abemua.jpg. Name change. Uh, What's that? Name change. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it was Oakley
1: Like, you changed the name. Am I uh, wrong?
0: Did you not change no. your handle? <laughs> I did change it. Okay yeah. then. Looking uh, at me like I'm <laughs>
1: foolish. You just said Oakley Doakley for the past like two years, and it's like I'm the bad I, guy. I feel it's
0: because it's not it's not exactly uh, the easiest thing to spell. Um, in any case, uh, <laughs> twitter.com/smoos oh. hashtag dumbation. Um Aaron <laughs> has been very kind to remind me of Sub Six Forty, the sports podcast that uh, I do with uh, a couple of the folks. Um, you can listen to that over at iTunes and and SoundCloud. Um, and yeah, Braun Anderson.
1: Any, uh, anywhere people can find more of you?
3: Uh, I write occasionally for Why So Blue. Uh, you can find my sort of dead Twitter at, uh, at ProtoBrig. Take some weird pictures of stuff on Instagram every once in a while. Same same handle there, at ProtoBrig. Uh, and I, I make the occasional appearance on the uh, Out Now podcast.
0: Oh, thanks.
3: <laughs> we're, we're
0: happy to
2: have you.
3: <laughs> oh, thank you. Marcus Robinson, where can people find more of you?
2: Uh, movies Marcus at MoviesMarcus and MoviesMarcus.com and I'll probably be back for Uncle Drew. So. <laughs> <laughs> what are <you> saying?
4: <laughs> or skyscraper, whatever that's called. Um, oh, that's yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a Jose
1: Marcus special right there. That's what that is.
4: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right, uh, you can find more. You can find all of the other episodes about now. There are Abe over on iTunes as well as on Audio
0: Boom. Listen over at HXWLD, SoundCloud, or Podomatic.
1: Uh, feel free to email us any thoughts you might have had on our, uh, our show this week about anything we discussed over at out Podcast at gmail.com.
0: Facebook.com slash twitter.com slash Podcast. get at us.
1: Um, I, <laughs> you just said it so weird, it got me. <laughs> feel free to send us any gifts you can of creepy clowns attacking Tony Collette over at outnowpodcasts.tumblr.com. Make sure to assign them to Abe specifically. Do that. Send clowns to Abe. Please No. <laughs> uh braun marcus thank you both for joining us tonight
0: thank you both thank for staying you. on and chatting with us so late thank this you. was
2: a pleasure thank you go dubs <laughs> they, for sure yeah all, all,
3: all, <laughs> it's always good fun i'm yeah. talking 2019 <laughs> i'm talking like until 2025
0: I like that. I like where you guys are headed. You guys should be on my sports podcast. Well, that, that
1: that brings our very skewed perception of which team should win to the segment to the end. That brings this podcast to the end. Until next time, so long. And goodbye.
0: Some Aquafina line like
1: yeah. (laughs) Classic Aquafina, good job on that
4: one.
0: (laughs) Or I don't remember too many scenes from this show, so I can't really reenact it. It's not really dialogue driven. (laughs) Okay,
2: it's
0: like a lot of imagery. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's that clicking, the clicking sound. Yeah, there we go.
0: Well, there's somebody in all of our rooms then. (laughs) Oh boy.